I cannot be responsible for you riding home drunk because on two wheels, whether they're pedal power or people power. So, bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. It is Creative Writing. This is truly episode 264. I know on episode 263, I said it was episode 264, and I was wrong. But you know what I did? I went back and edited the audio. And you know what happened? <laughs> there was a... A grand um, miscalculation on my parts. I'm gonna I'm gonna pot us up a little bit, Wig. So I'm gonna turn us down a little bit here. So hey, I know I haven't been here in a while, but congratulations on 264 shows. Yeah. Guess what? Um, I just I edited you in a whole bunch so that you were oh, just... oh good. good like deep take. <laughs> yeah. You just total, took all my sayings total. and put them in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it worked out. But yeah, so um, I'm gonna turn you up, turn us up a little bit now that I know how hot we are. Grocery outlet's a dangerous, dangerous. Dude, place. listen, I ate some kimchi tonight. So if you start farting at me with that stuff, I'm gonna Dude. start farting at you with some kimchi. That's like that's a huge box beef jerky for fucking ten dollars. Yes, and that can't, I can't, I can't even make it for that. You can't say that on other podcasts. They don't even, <laughs> they have no concept of the beef jerky. Hey, everybody, this is Creative Writing, and uh, we're coming to you hot from the studios. We're we're coming in on 15 seconds to the intro here, but I just want to say how dangerously well groomed Wiggins is tonight. He is, uh, he's looking great. He pedaled over here on a uh, a pedal bicycle, if you can believe it, of all things. And Wiggs, uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, I, let's. Am I? Moto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Writing, America's best motorcycle podcast. Hey, there's a bunch of asterisks behind that. <laughs> Never mind. We're brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. For more information, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing to learn how you can support the show yourself. Now, let's get cracking. Roll on the throttle, blip the brakes, tighten the air cleaner, check the crankshaft, and don't spill your coffee. Whatever you do, don't spill the coffee. Wiggins, now we're, now we're a lot louder. Are we? Sounds good. Good, because I turned it down in our headphones so that we wouldn't blow each other's eardrums out. Okay. So hey everybody, welcome. This is episode 264. Episode 263, of course, was the... Uh, oh no, did I have this wrong? This might be episode 265, Wigs. Um, we had a bunch Who's of counting? people on 263 that was a cheesehead extravaganza. And uh, we had a bunch of people from Wisconsin right before Flat Out Friday on. Nice. Yeah. And then the very next week, I wrapped up the IMS show that I went to. And I rode every single ADV bike that I could at IMS, and I made my suggestion for you. And since I know you don't listen, <laughs> excuse me, listen to the show, I know you didn't hear what I, what I think would be an amazing, amazing bike for you. You told me. Yeah. I don't. What do you think? The, you said the Super Tenere, right? Nope. Oh. Oh, the Suzuki. Yeah, the V Straw, man. I mean, it does have something I really like, and that's it's a V. Yeah. It's a V. But this is the music we're going to hear. I can turn the music off so we don't need to hear it. It's confusing. I don't but, know. Uh, Are we just, supposed to hear it? It just gives a little background. Oh. So I'll mute it here and I'll turn it back on for the, uh, the folks in the actual podcast. <sighs> Oops. Yeah. So, right. I thought you would really dig the V-Strom. Um, not only because it's got a history and... It was a 1037 when it was the V-Strom 1000, and it's a 1037 now that it's the V-Strom 1050. So it's always been a 1037. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Marketing genius. It, it, very much. And you know, like the, 
GS1200 was always an 1170, so they always go up and, and the V-Strom's like, hey man, we don't have to change, just Suzuki, bold new graphics, bold new name, same it, engine. At least the one I checked out, it was the yellow one. Yeah. So it was real dirt bike looking. Yeah. Like almost too much. Um, I don't think it has a 21 front either. That was one of the drawbacks that I, I had Which with it too. Which for the street, I think that's better. It's got a 19, right? Yeah, it's 1917, which everything has except for the Africa Twin. The Africa Twin does have a 21, 18, ni- 19. 21, 19. So yeah, it's like so. full dirt yeah, bike size. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So the biggest negative slash positive review I got of the Africa Twin so far was I hated it. And then I rode it off road again. It's a friend of mine that has one. And he's yeah. like, then I remembered why I had it. Yeah. So, I hated it. Yeah. And only because it just felt like a golf cart. It was the DCT. There was only one yeah, six-speed. Yeah. They were trying to like p- pump these DCTs. They only had one six-speed there. And everyone's like getting a boner over the DCT. You know, and I didn't like it at I all. I think they sell. I think a lot of people, it's easy. And they think, oh, off-road, if I don't have a clutch to worry about. It's like having a recluse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people like the recluse for that. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. But... I just don't think performance-wise it'll hold up. Yeah. So, I don't know. My big thing is going to be, one, the plan is to uh, twisted road it. Yeah. Try oh, yeah. And two, Cause it's going to be what I can find used. Yeah, yeah exactly. And if you're really going to go off-road, like real off-road stuff, like single track shit, Poltares makes it look so easy on that Tenray 700. Yeah. It may not be that easy, but on... Um, What's it called? On uh, the Dakar, like they, those are all 450s. You know what I'm saying? And there was a kid out. a bigger class on 450s too, right? Don't they have the, bigger bikes now or they're all just 450s? In the Dakar, they've always been mm-hmm. 450s. And that's why it's funny that the Africa Twins, like at 1100, like all the adventure bikes are like 1100 because yeah. in, the, in the races, they've always been 450s. They look big because of that. They look different. But, but they, they put all the body work. And, yeah. Yeah, which I get. So, so dude, I seen get, it. Uh, I know you're a Honda fan. Mm-hmm. At IMS, I saw a totally kitted out CRF 450L, that new one. The R, yeah, actually, yeah. it was an RL. So it's like, yeah, yeah. it's got even more race shit on it. And I was like, Wiggins would dig this. And I think it could do the freeway speed. It's not going to do 90 on the freeway yeah. for 100 miles. But, you know, they'll, the thing is, like, a 450 will do 90, but that's a, it's hard. It's yeah. hard on it. And if you want it to be a good off road bike, you're not going to be doing 90. Those guys yeah. racing, they don't usually do mm-hmm. 90. It looks like they're doing 90 because they're hauling It's ass. a trade off. Yeah. And I think, uh, which we saw some when we took the Julian trip. Yeah. But, my idea is, you know, I got a buddy I ride with that I think would be down and we could make some good trips. But the idea is like you load up camping gear on the bike, you meet up at like 4 a.m. and you just set cruise control to like Northern California. There you go. And Boom. Then, yeah. And then you've got tons of off-roading, but you got to get there on the freeway too. Yeah. And that... I don't know. And, and being solo, I'm like, you know, you can put pretty decent tires on it and ride, like, ride actual trips, too, yeah. on the road. Yeah. But not that I ride very many long trips. Yeah. In 2021, hey, I if I could have done that shit on Spamla, you can do it on a 450. There's also that. <laughs> 450s need motor rebuilds every few hours. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, these new ones. Oh, my God. Some of the... Uh, some of the 
um, maintenance on these things, you wouldn't believe. It's like every 500 miles. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's like but buy just buy a DR650 the, or a KLR where you change the motor yeah. every 10 years. I don't know about motor the oil. Tenere 700, but I know the FZ09 I had had like a really long first maintenance interval. It was like 17,000 or something to get the valves done, which was kind of unheard of at the time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these... Um, some of the newer ones, even some of the, like the new Ducati, I think has like a, oh my God, yeah. it's, it's very low. Very I low. should say unheard of on bikes of that style. Uh, yeah. And oh, at that the, age too. The Ducati is like a low maintenance interval. It's short. Yeah. And, and also, and uh, I think the, um, yeah. And I think that the, uh, I want to say that new CRF 450RL has also very low maintenance uh, Probably is. intervals. Because it's basically a 450R R. It's detuned. Yeah, yeah, basically. A little bit. Yeah. Hey, before we get too, um, too far into the show, I did want to say thanks to all of our patrons. Uh, if you're interested in going to the show, head over to patreon.com. There's one patron tonight we're, <laughs> we're hoping to target. And... Uh, the views and opinions of the participants of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast are those of the participants, so Wiggs, me, and Tobor, if he shows up tonight, they don't reflect the policy position opinions or of Creative Writing, the Moto One Podcast Network, any of our affiliates, or any opinion, or actually any opinions of the respective participants, and is not intended to malign anyone or anything, even, what can you think that's horrible that we should... <laughs> I mean... At the end of the day, most of what we say is our opinion. <laughs> right. It's, we don't want to malign anyone. We don't want to talk smack about ADV riders. Let's put it there. Pan Am riders. We'll, we'll leave it there. So we don't want to malign in any of them. So this is our opinions. Um, but if we say something you don't like, email chriswiggins at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah Actually, no. I, that's I, one if I had money for. Yeah. Pan yeah. America. Yeah. Minus its recall already. It's been getting... It has, yeah, it has had a recall. I did want to say, too, um, if you drive a Honda Rebel 1100, your radiator cap is now available to ship from Honda. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got a TSP at work. Uh, that the, uh, the radiator caps are available. I didn't even know there was a recall on that, but I guess there's already been a recall on that, too. Um, yeah, the Pan Ams had a recall, but from what I've heard, that thing's pretty awesome. I just got through reading an AMA... I think it was December's issue, uh, where Wit and Meza, who I know from our Facebook group or our Facebook page, because she liked us. I think she was part of the, um, I want to say she was part of the Milwaukee Rivets. I know her through Narissa. Like I saw her, she was a photographer, she was a mom. And then the next thing I know, she's popping up in the AMA magazine because she rode all 48 states in 10 days or nine days, something like that, on a Pan Am that she got the, the Motorco let her borrow it. And she just ripped all 48 states in 10 days. And I was like, oh crap. So nice. talk about having a baboon looking butt when you get home. You know, I wouldn't want to sit down, I wouldn't want to see a motorcycle for. I mean, if you Two max weeks. it out and just hit the corners, it could be pretty doable, pretty easy. Yeah. You drive as fast as you can through Detroit and New Jersey. Like, <laughs> I know Detroit's not a state. It's a city. But you get, you know, what other city is in Michigan? Don't start naming them because I'm sure. That no, that's <laughs> really it. Yeah, it's just Detroit. But I mean, you haul ass through Michigan. You, you haul ass through Jersey. What all you do is like. To get to like Chicago, to get to Illinois and to Wisconsin, like you gotta go through Indiana. Like there's no way yeah. through Michigan. 
Yeah. So you'd have to go into Indiana, dip up, hit it, come back out. Yeah. Like, I did. Uh, That's how she got Indiana, I think. She got the hell out of Indiana, too. She's yeah, like, Goshen, you actually, fuck that. You actually probably have to ride across Indiana. Damn it. When I did uh, Avoid my that trip place. in 2012, <laughs> when I left, what's under South Dakota? North Dakota. Don't you know your <laughs> yeah, maps? That, yeah, that. <laughs> uh, or actually, no, it was when I was in South Dakota. I stayed in the southeast corner, and then I was going over to Sturgis. So I went up to the freeway that went to Sturgis, and it was like five miles from the uh, Minnesota border. Mm, yeah. So I literally hung a right on the freeway, went into no, Minnesota to the Minnesota. first exit, got off, took a photo, marked it on my little map that I made nice. in Minnesota, <laughs> and pulled out and left. Yeah. I've gone cross-country. You can turn that off if you want to. Yeah, so Just hit that big power button. There you go. What would it, would it say it was? 58 in here? Yeah. Uh, nice. But God, now that I've... Roasting in Now here. I've raced in Minnesota. Nice. Oh, yeah. X Games. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say another one, but no, that indoor one is actually in Wisconsin. Hmm. Yeah. Minneapolis. That's the only city I can think of in Minnesota. If you say St. Paul, city. I'm going to say that's in Michigan. They're across the river from each other. It'd be Wisconsin, but... Oh, yeah. That's right. They're both the Badger State. Did you know that? I thought just Minnesota was the Badger State. Just Wisconsin. Then I learned Wisconsin was the Badger State. Wisconsin, the university is University of Wisconsin. They are the Badgers, mm-hmm. and the University of Minnesota, they are the Badgers. You think they're the Vikings because really? the NFL team, but they're no, not the NFL. Te- I don't know. Yeah, it's not the Wisconsin chickens. I mean, the uh, Minnesota chickens. I know that much. Honey badger, don't give up. Yeah. So hey, listen, I wanted to talk about a couple things. Um, I, I'm not looking at my timer. I really should be because I was supposed to keep these segments under 10 minutes. I got some new rules. I, I put out a while you were absent. Well, uh, while, while things are happening around the world. You're going to be calling me next week. Hey, just 10 more minutes. Yeah, just 10 more minutes. I know. I told him 10 minutes. He's been over here for seven hours. Um, so I took a poll on Patreon. Before we get into the show, this is our little update with what's been, what's been happening with creative writing. I took a poll on Patreon. I asked the listeners, or, or the patrons actually, and your dad replied, by the way, so I know he's still a patron. <laughs> I said, hey, should we keep Tobor or get rid of Tobor? That was the, my very first question, because that's important, because I started building, I don't know if you can see Jeffrey Carver, the racing unicorn over there, <laughs> and this uh, an, a couple of animatronics. I've been trying to set up Tobor so that he's actually got some functionality and he's not just an, an a-hole to me uh, on, on the air. Pardon me. And so it was a three to three. It's a split decision on whether to keep Tobor or not. And so this poll, I think, ends in January. I was going to give everybody till the end of January to decide. So we'll see. It's split right now to keep Tobor so or shelf So the next decision it. might be the decision maker. That's right. So if you're if you're the swing vote, go watch that Kevin Costner movie. Decide if you want the weight of the world on your shoulders and then be the swing vote. Keep or get rid of Tobor. So it's split right now. The next one was keep the show one dum-dum or get... <laughs> a co-host and have two dum-dums and it was two votes to keep one dum-dum so there's two of you fools out there that oh and it tells me their names Tur- oh wow rambling yeah like, exactly two hours of turdman just blabbing about nothing there's two people that likes it uh, one dum-dum maybe it's six a people babe. want a co-host so you tell your dad you're back on <laughs> <laughs> um keep it largely non-racing um, that was only two votes. Cover a little bit of everything. That was four votes. Cover only road racing was one vote. Cover only flat track 
was one vote. And cover only Supercross, Motocross, GNC, Hard Enduro, and Scrambles, 18 votes. So, Wigan, you better fresh up on your... I was going to say jokes on them. I don't know shit about <laughs> any of them. <laughs> yeah, that was actually zero. So we're, we're in the clear on that one. Um, talk about projects and fabrication, or I don't want to hear about creative writing projects. Unanimous. They want to hear about our projects. So sounds good. Yeah, we're, we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff this year. Hopefully, I, I hope Chris can come on. Other Chris and I hope yeah. me and you will have a bunch of crap to talk about. We're definitely gonna have to figure out how to work this in with wrenching Wednesdays. Yeah, I know, I know. And we'll tell we'll tell you guys what that is in a minute. So also talk about bike technology, or I don't care about technology. Turns out unanimously people care about technology, and it takes me back to those. I just can't afford the technology. Yeah, I know. That's why all my bikes are old pieces of shit. That's why. We research technology, but we drive yeah. stuff yeah. that doesn't have it. Because of my job, my car has technology. I do. Listen, for real. So, hey, no more or do more historical shows like when me and uh, Wiggins talked about rotary engines mm, or yeah, Junkie. I can't take anymore. Reprise melted my brain. It was eight to one. So people want to hear more historical episodes and more motorcycle history. That stuff I think is fun. And yeah. it's entertaining to listen to and i'll have to call emma to brush up on my knowledge yeah yeah hey these are my notes can you fact check me listen emma you're gonna be the ghost writer on this show can you just (laughs) listen in whisper i'll I'll pot you down but i'll put you in wiggins ear on the board here so you can whisper the right answers (laughs) Uh, yeah that'd be that'd be funny um and then i prefer an hour show with less topics i prefer a one and a half hour show with medium topics. I prefer two hours of junkie just going off the rails, total bananas, or I don't care how long it is, you pervert. Well, it was almost unanimous. It was, I prefer an hour show was three or an hour and a half was three. And then two people said they don't care how long it is, but we ain't, we ain't going Rogan. We're not going to do a three hour. Yeah, so I figure let's keep it an hour. I think as long as it's good, like if we get on some Oh shit, wait, say that again. Oh, yeah, true. Did you just say, I think as long as it's good? Yeah, I I caught it. (laughs) Great. I caught it when I said it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not to turn you turn you down. <laughs> I used to hate um, when I my commute was set. I hated Rogan because he would do more podcasts than, than I you could had keep to drive up with. For, yeah. But now with my new job, I'm in my car so much I can keep up. And I'm like, come on, dude, where's the next one? Really? Next? Oh my god. Maybe we need to. Maybe once a year we'll do an off the rails, totally banana <laughs> show. How's that? So yeah, that's our that's our poll results. Um, and as you can hear, I've got Dodo number two <laughs> in the studio with me. I have been listening to what you said. Plus, uh, to catch up with what creative writing has been doing, Wiggins and I secretly have been going on rides every other weekend-ish, maybe? Yeah. A couple and, few times a month when we can. Listen, just because we don't record it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That's right. It's like you Instagram. Try to find uh, fossil records of dinosaurs fucking. You know they did it because there's other dinosaur <laughs> bones, but is it there? Is there pictures of it? Uh-uh. But, but it happened. Dinosaur boner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe archaeologists. Can we study get dinosaurs in our head helmets? You know what? With the little video one, yeah. I recorded some of the stuff of us riding through when we went to Julian, and mm. it was the worst footage ever. I put it up to see Dude, if two people wanted to see videos. It. That's all it is. They have got the mic in their helmet with a GoPro, yeah. and they're like, "Hey guys, let me tell you about this new, like, new yeah. motorcycle." That I give I've never zero ridden. shits about that stuff, and I'm like, "That's your whole show," but. 
Yeah. I want to hate on it, but at the same time, they're doing it. So. They're doing it. And I did it too. And I, I put riding with boners. And I literally meant <laughs> that Wiggins and I had boners yeah. while we were riding. And we were I boners. I usually do while I'm riding. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to say is that uh, the New Year's ride I wanted to discuss, because that was mm-hmm. the, within was the fun. last 10 days. That was fun. We took Ed Subius, who was like a kid in a candy shop. I couldn't believe God, how excited good. he was to see Me too. this weird old shit that you just don't see yeah. when you're at like every chopper show and every motorcycle show. That's you- a lot of it. Like Ed way more than me, but even me like started getting bored with chopper shows. And yeah. I don't know. I like that. And I would look, I'd be excited about certain guys' builds, but I'd seen so many of them. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, cool, another chopper show. Like, that's, but I could be done with them in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Where this stuff, it's like that bike that Ed was drooling over, I'd never seen one before. Yeah. The that, Hick, Hickman or something? Oh, the uh, <laughs> Hesketh. Yeah, I just saw iconic motorbikes post one with the same wheels. So they must have been an option or something. Yeah. Like, they look like Comstars, but I don't think they were Comstars. It was around the same time. Yeah. Could have been. And I think it was a Ducati motor. It was an L-Twin. That's for sure. And the English back then, I mean, even, was it Rickman had a mm -hmm. Triumph with their own frame? Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of companies did that. Matisse was, I mean, it was the, Rickman and Matisse was like almost the same thing for a little bit. It was like a, and actually. um, Bomoda does it. I think, yeah, definitely Bomodi does for sure. They're still around. Um, Gary from Sideburns has one of those, whatever the H brand. Hesketh. I think that's what his is. I'd have to double check. He's got, it's like a Jigsaw 750 motor or something though. Yeah, yeah. It's rad. So it's like a Bomoda where yeah, the Bomoda SB2 was a Suzuki 2. The yeah, they Bimota did a lot of Ducatis. D blah, blah, blah was a yeah. Ducati motor. What? Uh, the, now now Kawasaki actually owns Bomoda. Who did the Hondas with the single-sided swing arm and steering? Elf? Elf did that. But Elf was a car, like Lotus. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And Lotus as car company, that's what they do still. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's, it's and, cool and seeing see. that BMW K1 there, that was pretty cool. I haven't yeah, seen a K clean. motor since the K1300 probably, and that was a newer one. So seeing an old, pretty cherry K1 And there. I didn't know it was a sideways four inline. Yeah, all Talk of the K motors. motor. Yeah, all the Ks. Um, but they're usually left to right. Like The boxers, you mean? The no, R- the Ks. They're usually on their side. If you look at it like a K100... And the K eleven hundred, all the ones they usually lay, I think, to the left with the mm-hmm. with the top to the left. But the boxers, the R motors, definitely are What's opposing the twins. Inline six, that's a K, but it's facing forward. Yeah, like a Honda. yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. I know it's basically like a Honda freaking Accord. It's, it's like so a skinny. CBX yeah, motor, but there you go. Yeah, um, that's something else I wanted to talk about. Wiggins has attracted more men, old, old men. <laughs> With the CBX, but that's basically what we've been ripping since last November. That's when we went to Julian. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like October, November, you've just been ripping that thing around, and it's been fun. Another shout out to Miss Emma. Um, I took it to Miss Emma, and she went through pretty much everything. Yeah. I mean, we didn't open the motor up. I was on a real limited budget. <clears throat> but she did fork seals, masters, calipers, chain, carbs, uh, mid electronics worked. 
I don't even know what else. I mean, she told me, but I was like, does it yeah. run? Cool. I trust yeah. you. Listen. Um, I hate <clears throat> riding behind you because um, you're right like fifth cylinder doesn't always <laughs> catch on and when you're riding behind Wiggins you can just smell the raw the fuel left side. maybe it's it, one uh, yeah, yeah you cuz that is the left side puffs and it's pops when I, sometimes. yeah it's when i put it on the side stand yeah that's right so it's i don't think side. um so emma took the carbs off and cleaned them either jetted them or made sure the jets were right so if i put an exhaust on it's already richened up a little i don't think she synced them mm-hmm. and the reason is the motor sat since 93 was the last date on the license plate. Damn. So That's the fourth time I graduated years. high school was 93. Yeah. So there's no point in sinking them because the cylinders were all different. And she told me straight up, she's like, I don't like the leak down test on these. Yeah. Like it could be something wrong or it could be build up around the valves. And I watched a video the other day, a guy did a, a head and he does a vacuum test, and then he puts a piece of hair in it and does a vacuum test. Holy cow. And it makes a big difference. Big difference. So any bit of little buildup on the valve, mm-hmm. any corrosion around the seat or the valve, and in Indiana with a valve stuck open for almost 30 years, Yo. there's definitely corrosion around yeah. several. Um, and you so, didn't, yeah, yeah, and you didn't bust it open and lap the valves and all that. No, I mean, come on, no. just I mean, run it. And she even said, we thought we had a problem, but it ended up being the um, the flange on the exhaust. And she's like, well, do you want to build it like 1150? And I'm like, no, yeah, I, no. I kind of want it stock. Yeah. If I do anything, I've got that black 750 I bought off of her. Yeah. I want to do F3 front end and rear wheel and rear master. And that's about, I mean, full suspension and wheels. That I wouldn't mind building. But the hot trick there is to buy an 1100F. I think it bolts in the same chassis, even a 900, and then you build that motor. But yeah. the CBX, I'm cool the way it is. Yeah, no, it's great. And and honestly, Dale Earnhardt, his pink Cadillac, original paint, he never painted it because he knew it was worth more with that patina on it. Wait, Earnhardt or Elvis? <laughs> Dale Earnhardt. Did he, he had a pink a, one? He had a Cadillac. And I know it was he had a, a Cadillac, but... Or an, I think it might have been an Eldorado, actually. Is it... I think it was, it was pink. A, was it yellow? I, th- I thought it was, it was pink. pink. I don't know. But yeah. I remember seeing something about his Cadillac. And he yeah. never painted it. He never redid it. He's like, I could restore this, but you know yeah. what? You're never going to get that patina. You're never going to get that 50 years of, well, of deterioration back. That's oh, that's original yeah. paint. And that's worth a lot more of it than on this restoring too. it. And I do want to do an exhaust. Supposedly the bike had a hooker header on it for a while. I'd love a black hooker or a black super That's trap what she said yeah because <laughs> when i was a kid my dad always had super traps on his mm-hmm. super trap industries if you're listening but i've never seen any black super traps i've only seen chrome but i want a black one because i think that looks good on that era bike yeah but there's a lot of shiny stuff on that though. I mean, there's not there's a lot a of black amount. on that bike. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. Um, especially that's a '79, so the Comstars are silver, the motor silver, and in '80 the motor went black with silver fins. The wheels went black with silver accents. It looked better on an '80. Yeah, and I want an '80 because my dad. Again, when I was a kid, my dad had a black '80. Yeah. So that's actually my favorite paint scheme. The red is my least favorite. <laughs> But the thing is, is that it's original red. It's well, pretty good shape, right? It is, it is. And here's the thing too. Like even Emma asks, she's like, well, what do you want to do with the dents and scratches? And 
Who made those dents and scratches? For the most part, it was my grandpa. So I left all of that. You don't want to get rid of that shit. Yeah. And I think, you know, the bike was crashed a little bit when he bought it. He didn't buy it new. The title said it was like a week after I was born in 83. (laughs) Nice. So, um, but... Do you know I was 73 years old in 1983? (laughs) Or maybe I was 93. I can't remember. But it... So a lot of the stuff on it, I want to leave because it's how it was when he had it. And I don't, and it's meant I ride it. I don't show it. Yeah. I don't wax it and take it to a show. I you don't take need it to, to show it. Enough old yeah. guys come up to you when they see that thing. <laughs> no shit, dude. <laughs> I was like, damn. You When I used to go with you and I was on Spamala and you were on like whatever you were on and people were like, ah, eh, you know. Mm-hmm. And then now now I'm like, yeah, this is dude. it. This is it. What you've been missing out yeah. on, Wigs. Every the, old man coming up and <clears throat> The RC51 about- gets a little old, a little younger old dudes. Yeah. So like I'm getting close to 40. So well, like the it is, mid to late 30s guys. It's going on 20, all in the RCs. 20 years now. Now, right? Or, no, I'm sorry. The original's over 20. Yeah, they came so, out in 2000. Right, so it's one. Right, so it's get it's getting yeah. to the classic stage mm-hmm. now. It is for sure. Mine's an 05, but yeah. Um, and for my generation, we saw Nikki win on it. We saw Colin win on it. Like that was a big imprint in our youth when we got into sport bikes. So the RC's heavy, and I remember. When everything went thousand four cylinders, I believe it was one of the Edwards kids, um, or not Edwards, uh, Roberts. Sorry, Edwards won world on it. Arguably the most exciting race of all time was an RC fifty one and a Ducati for the world championship. But I remember one of the Roberts. Uh, I don't remember if it was Kenny Junior or uh, what was the other kid Curtis Willie. I think it was Jr. Kenny Junior. Yeah. And uh, he was on the area in RC51, and he would hang with the leaders for, like, 90% of the race. But he had to work so hard to keep up with a 1,000 four-cylinder. He'd spank the tires. Yeah. But Honda didn't have a bike. Right. Everyone else had 750s and 1,000s. Like, the ZX-10 was out. The Jigsaw 1,000, which is what was winning with Matt Maladden, was out. Those bikes were produced... It just wasn't the race class. The 750 was the race class, and the RC51, even though it's a thousand, it's a V twin, so it was in the yeah. 750 class. Yeah, yeah. Honda had a 954. Yeah. So <laughs> they're like, wait a minute, this isn't really even that good of a race bike. It's not a thousand, and so they just raced the RCs and wore the tires out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's funny how race classes work, but yeah, fair fair play. Yeah. If you want to see a really cherry. Um, uh, CBX in the movies. I suggest you watch Night Riders. The leader of mm, the, the Knights uh, rode a CBX. Yeah. What was the one a few years ago? I think Ben Affleck was in it. It was about the uh, Americans in um, Iran or something. Argo. Was it called Argo? That sounds right. Yeah. They had a CBX in that. There was a scene. I don't remember if it was like a protest or what, but like all these bikes were lined up, and. There was a CBX, and I'm like, it's either inaccurate because no one had a CBX over there. Yeah, right. Or, or some rich Saudi prince. Well, or, yeah, or that. <laughs> like, you think in the Middle East, like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of people with money that 
Yeah. You know, so. Canada, thanks for helping us out with that, by the way. And Jimmy Carter, even though you really didn't do much else, thanks for getting our, <laughs> getting our people out of Iran. You know Iran. what Jimmy Carter didn't do? A lot Sell of stuff. jobs to China. Well, like, Richard like, Nixon started that. Jimmy Carter, yeah, Jimmy Carter didn't, didn't follow up with it. And uh, everyone's hero did a lot more of it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's for, our, that's for our uh, three-hour behind-the-scenes <laughs> podcast. Um, Don't even start on that. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely so, opinions, but still. Yeah. So, hey, we, we have been up to stuff, and we have been um, – I've been – Intermittently, I must admit, not wholeheartedly, but that's for another show. We've got a, a new format. Creative Writing's got a little bit of a new format in 2022. We're going to d- dedicate each episode to a different topic. We're going to have a racing and news episodes. Then we're going to have historical episodes. Then we're going to have technology episodes. And then we're going to have an episode strictly focused to projects, fabrication, and just being creative. So tonight's episode, the whole reason you're here, Wiggs, is we're talking about racing tonight. And um, Yeah, but I don't really race anymore. So No, well, listen, I have it down here on good authority that you did. That's right. (laughs) So... We're going to talk about some industry news and some racing. We're going to cut it a little short because we've already been blabbing for half an hour. Uh, believe it or happens. not, it happens very easy. That's why you kick me off. We talk too much. Pretty much. Uh, you know, when we used to do our two-hour shows, you know how many four-hour shows I edited down to two hours? <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it goes. You'll it's come too much over, work for you. You'll come over to drop off for like, oh, I was going to ask you to bring my rivet gun, but I was like, it's on a bike. Oh, but yeah. um, I needed, I did need it for something. And I, I only have my huge mamma jamma down here. Um, oh, damn. So That's a uh, rivet gun? Yeah. That's why I was asking if that's you need a, bigger little rivets. Yeah, that's a fucking airplane thing. I, that's what I was that's why I didn't wanted to know how big rivets oh, yeah. you needed. Yeah. <laughs> so you needed the little ones. But yeah, w- w- when I go over to drop drop that rivet gun off when you were prepping your bike for um, Laguna Seca, Sonoma, I, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah for yeah. Sonoma, yeah. I was supposed to be there for what? I should have just came mm-hmm. over, dropped it off, came back. An hour and a half later, my wife's like, yeah, I, I knew you were going to drop off the rivet gun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so long story my wife short, tonight, I'm like, Junkie. She needs me for ten minutes, so it'll be a couple hours at least. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, right. And and we'll try to get you out of here at a reasonable time. It's almost it's almost nine, so yeah. we'll we'll hurry. So the industry news, we're going to cut a little bit short since we've been catching up here. But um, I did want to mention, as of right now, Harley Davidson has dropped their new 2022 lineup. Um, there's a few things on there, and there's a few things that are not on there. One of them this is, is a big drop in six days, right? Right, and I'm signed up for that. It's the 26th, so I don't know what day that's actually going to be. Oh, 16 days then. There you go. And uh, yeah, so I'm signed up for that to see it, and I'm really excited um, to see what they're going to bring. But I, I have heard ramblings and rumblings um, through good authority and, and through nobody that I know at the motor company because they are tight, tighter lipped than a preacher on Sunday who's been to the whorehouse on Saturday. Um, uh, but other people I know that are that are adjacent to the industry have told me that there's a 975. That's the sound of Wiggins' valve. Maybe that's why your left... My valves are locking. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, the sound your left uh, header makes when it's shooting all the exhaust into my face. I literally was getting high riding behind you. I just switched... Yeah. And once it picks up all six, it yeah. runs like a top. Oh, God. And it sounds good. On the video, I muted the sound a little bit because you could hear it taking off. So I, wanna, I nice. really want an aftermarket exhaust. Yeah. It's the only bike I can think of I want louder <laughs> yeah I want that's one of our technology episodes that I want to bring up by the way um, 
But yeah, so new technology. 2022 Harley's coming about. Kawasaki actually just released their whole red classic lineup um, nice. a few weeks after Yamaha has had their. I don't know if you've seen the Yamaha like 60th anniversary or something like that. It's like the red, red and white with yellow number plates. It looks pretty sick actually. But uh, oh, cool. yeah, Yamaha just did that for all of their R bikes, and now Kawasaki is doing it for all their retro. So the R900RS, the um, R6 or the Z Z9. I'm sorry. Uh, the Z650 RS is, that just came out. They're throwing it on that. And I think it's on the uh, the Z1. All the Zs are getting it. The Z900 so, looks good. Yeah. Z900. It's got it. And so they all got this new classic red, which just dropped as well. And they're matching the Yamahas with the R uh, throwback. So those two doing it. Uh, doing it big. You know, what was it? Five to ten years ago, the R1, they did the Kenny Roberts paint The speed on. blocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I want to say that the XSR, when that first came out, had it too. I think it was silver and red Maybe. speed blocks on there. I always wanted on my old Supermoto silver plastics with the green number plate. Oh, the yeah. Old school Elsinore style. Right, right. Nice, nice. Um, excuse me. You got a burp there. We're, me and me and Wiggs are drinking beer. And uh, the last time we did that, God, I don't remember the rest of the night. I yeah. woke up in my PJs, though, so you treated me right. I, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to run out. I only got three. <laughs> right. There's no bar and pizza to keep going. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, the dealerships, uh, talking about this whole last year, this whole actually last two years, uh, in 2020, it was amazing because all of a sudden, dirt bikes were worth 7 billion times their market market value harley davidson in the meantime had showrooms that went bare there's shipping you know we know a guy named johnny who's him and his mom their whole family is longshoremen and have lived down uh, near the harbor and even months ago he was telling me about how short they were then and it just recently made the news how many ships are sitting offshore so needless to say dealerships like shipments of bikes everybody was just running so short so people are catching up harley davidson moved to the hd uh um i forget what they call it i i mentioned it like the over the summer stuff? Huh? The bicycle stuff? No, no, no. They they're they have HD um it's not HD one, that was their customization problem. But they have this new thing where you you know how you can like rent a bike on Twisted Road or ride my uh, um share, rider rider share? On Harley Davidson's website now, you can list your bike, your personal bike for sale. Oh wow. Yeah. And so they ran out of inventory I and they're like, listen, loving that. all these other models of Riders being able to input their own stuff was working. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, you know, Eagle Rider used to be exclusively Harley. They branched out. But Harley Davidson's like, listen, we're going to let people consign their stuff on our website and list it. And mm-hmm. guess what? We'll do like the, I think they do the pre-inspection um, um, maintenance. Or if you buy it off there, you can take it to a dealership and they'll check it. I, I know there's some sort of like yeah. guarantee they're putting themselves behind. And it is a Harley on a Harley site. But, dude, that's how much they needed inventory is that they were like, listen, there's nothing. There's nothing. Please give us your uh, sell your bike on our site for us, for Pete's sake. And showrooms are empty. They're just starting to pick back up. Things are looking great for 2022. And I can't disclose actual numbers and figures and participants, but I can tell you that I did go to a dealership seminar 
And one of the weirdest things, there's dealers from across the country. This is United States only, um, by the way, and and close to the Canadian border, though. So I'm sure that um, some of the Canada's is in the same situation. But there was a, a seminar they went to with the dealers all across the nation, and they they were talking about how short they were on inventory, um, and how short. So it's not just Harley; everybody's short on inventory. And surprisingly, one of the classes, there's two classes that really went berserk this year in 2021, and it was scooters because gas prices started to spike over the summer, and now they're like astronomical, at least here in California. Um, but I'm sure that reflects the national average too. So, uh, you know, when someone's paying $3 in Illinois yeah, just or because Missouri, we're six. everyone else still went up a dollar. Right. Too. So that's a lot to everybody, right? And I know there's like talks of inflation and all this and that, but scooter sales went out the roof last year, as did electric bicycles. And this is power. This is power sports dealerships. They've mm. said uh, power sports dealerships supposedly in 2022 are going to be targeting side by sides because that market continues to just grow mm. in leaps and bounds. The As the motorcycle huge. market gets saturated, people with motorcycles are like, "Hey, I'm going to take. I'm going to buy a four seater and take my whole family out now. Yeah. I already have a dirt bike or or a street bike, and I want to go do something with the family." So side by side sales have been growing since about 2007. I remember that's the first time somebody mentioned it to me. And they're finally, I think, eclipsing or getting close to eclipsing dirt bike sales. Um, but off-road bikes last year, a huge spike. So this year, again, um, there's a there's dealerships, I think, are going to be targeting off-road bikes, um, side-by-sides, and electric bicycles. And electric bicycles have almost surpassed power sport, uh, uh, personal watercraft. And marine for sure, and they sur- they've already surpassed either straight up boat sales and trailer sales, like toy haulers, trailers, all that what, stuff. Uh, what are you referring to as electric bike? Like An electric pedal- bicycle, bicycles, okay. yeah, electric e e bicycles, yeah. Want to punch people? Yeah, right. I I, I kind of like them. Uh, you know, there's pros and cons. Like when I'm pedaling my normal bike up a trail, first of all, when they say no motorized bike. That, electric, I know they're talking electric about Electric is a motor. I know. Not an engine. Yeah. But it kind of sucks. Like you're like out of breath dying and someone on an e-bike just cruises by like no big deal. It, That's but, what I would want it for. <laughs> but <laughs> Just I, to I was, keep up with you. <laughs> right. I was talking to Earl from like early motors, like the Ducatis. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's got one. He's like, the thing is, so there's a few positives. Like one, how many people are out on e-bikes that would not buy a regular bike? Right. And there's, there's different kinds of e-bikes. A lot of them are pedal assist. So the harder you pedal, the more it helps. That's the ones that I think are mostly selling. I've heard a lot of throttle ones too. So they, they're still a pedal, but they have a throttle in the bar. Because I could hear the guys come out of corner and I'd hear the bike go. Yeah, yeah. But so there's a lot of people that would never have a bicycle that are out riding bicycles. And as much as I don't like a crowded trail, that's good. Like that's people spending money. They're going to trails. They're now advocating for mountain bike trails for everyone to use yeah and then there's also the pro of like i go when i ride out here by jpl last week i did a long ride and it was like 15 miles and i started to go back down the backside and i turned around because i didn't want to go that way i wanted to do the good downhill but if i what, just do LP? that lap once yeah, LP. Down LP, yeah if i just do that lap once it's like eight or nine miles I can go up to this other little flat, and uh, it's the Barton, Jim Barton, I don't know, yeah. anyway, that adds five miles. 
and I wanted to go a little more. But if you really want to go explore and ride long rides, the e-bikes are great. Yeah. Because you can do a 20, 25, 30 mile mountain bike ride. Yeah. Where, yeah, when I was in real good shape racing bicycles, 30 miles on a mountain bike was no big deal. But Dude, I'm not. Last year you were in real good shape. And I was like embarrassed because I could barely even make it up Brown Mountain like a quarter of the way. We, so, I don't yeah, think we, we made it to the saddle. No. No, we didn't make it to the saddle. Yeah. Um, no, I was in. I'm in a lot better shape now. For my common worse. <laughs> so I went to the saddle, and then I went up. It's two and a half miles to the next flat. Yeah. And then there's another trail that goes off that actually goes down to the river, and then back down to the road. Is that Millard? Because I've ridden Millard. Millard. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I know where you're talking so about. So when you're That's at like the, the saddle, when you're at the saddle, it goes up, and I want to say uh, Burton, Jim Burton. Yeah, it, it is Burton. It's yeah. Burton. Or you, you said Barton, the, but it's Burton. It's right. Burton. And yeah, I remember because right. Tim Burton, the director. Yeah, yeah. So when you get there, there's another trail that keeps going and it goes down to like this little creek. And I believe that joins in a array. No, Arroyo's to the saddle. Yeah. That's what I used to ride. I used to ride the lower Arroyo and it goes up the hill at the very end past the waterfall. And if you, you, you're you yeah. going up brown, then you're coming down into the Arroyo. Yeah. And it's steep right there. Yeah. It is crazy. And honestly, if you do brown, if you do Arroyo, which is Brown Mountain, and then down El Perito, it's a big... Your Spanish is horrible, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know where you're Well, everyone about. calls it LP. El Prieto, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, El Perito. But um, when you say LP, to me, that's L, the letter, yeah. LP, but it's, it's nice. actually E-L. If your name is Lance Perry and you're a patron of Creative Writing, there's a trailer yeah. named after you. I know, he's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. But... um. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a hard fucking climb. It takes me now in 55 minutes to get to the top from my car yeah. of dying. It's a tough one. It takes me 55 minutes of dying just to get to where you're just like, hey, man, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, no, Wiggins, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but when we get to the saddle, we can ride down a little bit. And when yeah. we when you go to go down LP, you can go left and that goes to Millard. Yeah. But the e-bikes, what they do is they allow people to go, Ooh, what's this way? Who cares if it's 10 miles? Let's go yeah. explore. So there's there's definitely some, I want to hate on them bad, but there's definitely some positives too. Even when I was out of shape, uh, oh, well, here's two positives. Even when I was out of shape, or when I, I'm sorry, when I was in shape, I don't think I could have hung with like an all day gagger up that 28 mile up, you know, going oh, all the sure. way up and then across the ridge and coming down through Pasadena, like on the, um, the, into Eaton Canyon. Yeah, dude, now. there's trails that goes, they connect yeah, that side Because you can go to, to Miller and then go down. Yeah. And stuff. There's a 28 mile loop that goes yeah, all the way across yeah. the top of the ridge that comes back mm. down in Pasadena. And then you'd have to ride across Pasadena East into Pasadena West where you were yeah. to get there. Off the check because yeah. I might be down with us. Where did you drive up? Sunset Trail? Sunset Canyon Trail or whatever I it is? I park. At the top by JPL. There's that little park. Oh, lot. yeah, by Windsor. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you, where we went that one day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Brown. Yeah, that's right. That's where you're So you ride in, it's like five minutes back to the trail. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can definitely ride. There's more trails. Yeah, the Pacific Crest Trail is actually right there, too. It's yeah, and maybe once marked, you're up but... at the saddle, maybe it's not too bad. Yeah. Fuck, dude, getting to the saddle hurts. I know. And there's actually trails that connect back to where you, you used to live in Sierra Madre and yeah. then comes down into Sierra Madre. And yeah. I don't even know how many Bailey miles that is. Bailey would be is. pretty gnarly on a bicycle. Yeah. But you could go over and then go down that Mount Wilson Trail. Would it be bad on an e-bicycle? Yeah, it's steep. It's steep. <laughs> and, and I ride a rigid. I yeah. ride with gears right now, but I ride a rigid. Yeah. 
Um, In my defense, I was riding a 45-pound yeah, Schwinn that's with, with a low on, seat. <laughs> so I've been on you to get your mountain bike. Yeah, going. yeah. I, know, I used to be able to do stuff on that. But the other thing is, is that it has been not only that, not only providing people with other opportunities, it's also been providing a crossover because yeah. it's easier to say, hey, you like motorcycling? Hey, how about staying in shape yeah. with an e-bike? And then you and don't have to like... Another thing that I've seen a lot is, uh, I'll tell you a good and a funny one, but a lot of times like a guy's in uh, faster up the hill than his wife. Fuck all your equality lying to everyone. <laughs> A male on a bicycle is faster than a female. <laughs> Not so, this male, by the way, though. <laughs> well, there's always special cases. Oh, a well-trained. In general. <laughs> yeah. But so what I've seen people do is like the guy will take his wife out. He'll get his wife an e-bike so he can go ride with her and she doesn't feel bad and she can keep up. So there's another positive. But I saw one a couple weeks ago going up brown and actually going down. The dude was on the e-bike, but... This guy was on an e-bike. He tried having his wife tow him. He literally had a tow rope oh, to his bike. And she was supposed to pedal the e-bike and pull him up the fucking hill. And then they were going to ride down together, I think. But I kept catching him. And uh, he would get on the e-bike and tow her. Yeah. And I just thought it was hilarious that he like made her ride that bike. But the funniest part was like literally 100 yards from the saddle. I see her on the regular bike with no tow rope. So he didn't want to tow her all the way to the saddle where people would see. Oh. <laughs> he unhooked the tow rope like a hundred yards from where everyone stops. But then going down, he was on the e-bike. That's the one I heard him come out of the corners and I could hear the bike go. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. It must have a throttle throttle. Because yeah, I've yeah. seen them with the twist throttle too. Oh, wow. Where you have to pedal, but there's a throttle. Yeah. But a lot of them, it is based off your leg input. Yeah. So the harder you pedal, the more it helps yeah. type thing. Every every e-bike that I've ridden has had like levels of like one through 10. And yeah. one, you're doing all the pedaling. There's right, almost, right. there's nothing. And then you can crank it up. And then level 10 is pure throttle. Where well, but you could pedal, but the throttle is going to go faster. Well, what than I've you. seen with those, even level ten, you have to pedal so it knows to move because gotcha. there's no throttle. Gotcha. But it helps a lot. Yeah. And another positive, like if you want to commute on a bicycle, but you live ten to twenty miles from yeah. work, yeah, you can get one of those, and you can still make the commute without getting to work and be like. I know a lot of cyclists that commute 20 miles to work and I've done it living 20 miles from work, but you get to work and you're sweaty and you got to carry a backpack like this way. You can make a long commute on an e-bike. Yeah. So it, it makes sense for a lot of people, but you're not, you know, you're not on a real motorcycle. Yeah. So you've got kind of the best of both. Yeah. There's definitely that too. There's one thing I'd like to say, cause the Saunders was just like a regular bicycle. The Yamaha was a regular bicycle. Mm -hmm. The uh, Super 73 that I rode was more like a mini bike, and they look like a little. They call yeah, themselves got pedals, mini motos. That one has a throttle. Both the Sondors yeah. did too. You could do pedal assist, or the final mode was you could just do thumb throttle. The same but with I think the Yamaha. The Super 73 doesn't know when you pedal. It does. Does it have sensors on the crank? It's got assist. It's got pedal assist. Because I I remember riding around and they were showing me the mode. But you could just leave the. You but, wouldn't touch it, and it would still help. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so it's got to have something that knows. Because, like, the Specialized and some of the other bike companies, it's literally 
there's nothing on the bars except maybe the level of assist. Yeah. But it you have to pedal for it to know. Actually, and I the think Super the... 73, it's got a throttle and you don't even have to pedal. No, you don't have to pedal. But what I don't pedal know, assist. Okay, what I don't know with the Super 73 is what if you don't touch the throttle and pedal, will it still help? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's levels of that. And okay. that's right. The Sondors, you're right. The Sondors, you did have to... There, there was no throttle only where the Super 73 there is. The Sondors did have a level 10 where you could pedal like this. You could just move your feet and it would start and it going. Would help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that one, I, I hit the curb. I wasn't ready for it. It was like in the middle mm. and I, I pedaled once. And when you're getting on a bike, you kind of get on and you're going to pedal and then you start pedaling and you start going. Yeah. I went on and I pedaled and since it was set, it just took off like straight and I was already close to the curb. Mm. So it just started going and I like psh, bounced up, ricocheted <laughs> off the curb and I was like, oh shit, like this thing's going. It was to the point where you just moved the pedals mm -hmm. and it starts going. So it was set at pretty but I high. See, <laughs> I do agree. I think there's a lot of good in them. Yeah. Um, as bummed as I get when some fatter than me fat dude passes me up Brown Mountain and I'm like, you're not fucking sweating. You're not breathing hard. Like, it sounds like, and everyone's just like, "Hey, look at me!" But sounds like something other than riding a bike for me. Right? <laughs> um, but you know, it gets a lot of people. It gets into them out, it, and it, it gets, gets people them out. out. And yeah. I, I think if we could get more people on them in a lot of in a lot of cities, you would save a lot of congestion. Yeah, and you know where? Yeah, maybe. In and New you York, don't need a motorcycle a license. It's three miles. Yeah. Uh -huh. It might be a good idea to make people get some kind of license. Yeah. And then you've got the other genre of electric bicycle, the new, not the Harleys that are out, not the ones. The series one. But remember the one with the skateboard deck seat or something on it, or the skateboard deck for your feet? There's no pedals. It's all throttle, but it's electric, but it's not a motorcycle, but you can't take it on trails, but it's you like can't a, take it on the it's street. It's like a Suron slash cake, yeah. And yeah, the cake was another example of that too. What do you do with that? And yeah. I think there's a place for it, but we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to talk about electric motorcycles one of these times in the mm -hmm. technology sector. But I did see one of these Surons that really just looked like a mountain bike with no pedals. Yeah. And it was calling it electric motorcycle because it didn't have yeah. pedals. They and had to be classified. That's the next like question, that. too, with, with the guys up, we'll just use Brown Mountain again for the example because that's what we ride. If I go up there on an Alta, is that okay? Or is everyone going to be pissed, including the e-bike people? Yeah. Well, if you go up there on this, what is it with no pedals that you just said? The Suron. The Suron. Okay, it looks like a bicycle, but there's still no pedals. Is that okay? Yeah. Where's the limit? You know, what? what is okay and what's not okay? Because to me, if you can take an e-bike up it, I can take a fucking Alta up it. Yeah. And destroy the trail and run people over. That's the problem is that motorcycles are pretty, I, I threw my, my, my daughter and I were playing catch with the knobby tire, this knobby tire <laughs> in the front yard. Anyway. <laughs> this is <was> Pamela. And <laughs> the fucking, it just hit the front the bush. hill climb, but you missed it. Oh uh, yeah. That's pretty much. I'm going to take it up to Rincon. I'm going to take it up a secret trail <laughs> that, that I just accidentally said. That's not so secret anymore. But you're gonna bring trusty Rusty too, so it's all good. All right, I'm done uh, with that. Uh, but I just threw that into the bush out front, and it tore it up. And I was like, I told told my daughter, I was like, imagine if I was on the gas on a motorcycle, it tears and stuff I, up. I pretty saw quick. with I've seen with e bikes tire treads in the dirt, where I'm like, that's dirt bike shit. Like that has no business here because it's you're so fat. Like it's a fat. Tire. Now you could see where it. 
Oh, how it tore up. I got you. literally dug into the trail. That's what dirt bike trails are for. When I was in shape. But it's not fast enough for a dirt bike trail. When I was in shape, I used to do Brodies on my mountain bike, though. I swear Um, to God. Hold the the front brake and just do a burn. (laughs) So, and the the downside with e-bikes, and this also translates to UTVs, is when you... When you're off-road in a Jeep or a pickup, there's certain etiquette. Yeah. But with the new people getting into it because UTVs are affordable and high performance, they don't have that etiquette. And fuck people. Etiquette's important. Like how you behave when you do something is important. And and when you go to a mountain bike trail, how you treat I don't ride the day after it rains. Yeah. That's poor etiquette because it destroys the trail for everyone. Makes huge ruts. Yeah. Luckily in California, like. It never rains. No, it (laughs) rained for a week over Christmas, right? That's true. And I was able to ride, I think, two days after it rained and it was fucking beautiful. Yeah. And dirt bikers love it the day after it rains. Oh, yeah. It's that brown cake, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, for a mountain bike, we don't. Like yeah. we do, but if it tears the trail up, it tears it up for, in California's uh, example again, for eight months yeah. until it rains again. And, and it gets hard it. and those ruts are as yes. hard as cement. And when you fall on that, it's yes. like falling on a cement grate. So yeah. when you have these people who are not cyclists, who are not bicycle riders, who have never had to huff and puff to get up a fucking hill on an e-bike, they're they don't have proper etiquette. They're tearing up trails. They're not stopping for the people they're supposed to stop for. They're not yielding the trail. They're tearing stuff up. And that can become a problem. Yeah. With the level e-bikes are at right now, again, no one's went up brown on an Alta, but by what the sign says and who goes and who's allowed. I would love to, though. Who says, I can't take an Alta up it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but that would be poor etiquette. That would yeah. tear the trail up. Famously also, uh, to kind of put a, uh, seal on this is that Troy Lee actually, uh, got into mountain biking after a motorcycle accident and he started writing electrics cause he got jacked up and he's like, he needed them to help him kind of rehab Yeah, and he loved him so much, but he realized that people hate electrics. Mountain bike community hates electric mountain bikes. So he started this special Troy Lee race that was just electric mountain bikes <laughs> just for fun yeah, yeah, because yeah. he knew similar to hooligan. He and knew there's no other class gonna for it. going to hire uh, Ricky Carmichael or Jeremy McGrath <laughs> right, right. and there's going to be a $25,000 e-bike, <laughs> e-bike waiting on Jeremy McGrath to spank everyone. Right, right. Same thing as mini bikes, same thing yeah. as hooligan, same thing as you know you can and, have a pro card. No just kidding. <laughs> and again there's there's it's so funny the hate I still get. But when I'm like, hey look how it ruined it, they're all like you're yeah. just mad. Well um who but, knows I I, I I know that he did it because you can't race electric right, right, right. bikes and anything else. And, They'll kill and, you. Tour de France, people sneak that shit in and then get arrested after they They used they to have it. somewhat weird electric spline or uh, in the seat or tube. worm drive motor in yeah. the seat tube. Yeah. Yeah. And people I mean, got caught for that. They x-ray bikes racing. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's racing and, and racing at that level, they're going to cheat. People they're used to take, drink horse cum to get all the extra testosterone they, they afterwards. probably did. Yeah. And uh, the blood, all blood doping is, is they go to high altitude and they work out and they get a lot of oxygen in their blood. They take their blood out, like donating blood. And then when they go race the tour, they're like, here's an extra pint of your own blood. So we can't fucking test it. That's what blood doping is. Wow. That's sick. That's actually. so smart. They did that. It's not a real drug. It's your blood. 
How do you think I've been living so long? How do you think I'm 130 something years <laughs> old? Oh, I thought that was old? adrenochrome. No, baby, it's, baby it's a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> yeah, the e-bike thing, again, I think there's a lot of pros. Yeah. I, I really do. As much as when they pass me, I want, like, under my breath, I'm like, you mother, you're not even fucking sweating. Like, fuck you. <laughs> um, but I think there's a lot of pros to it. We're getting people off the couch that have never been off the couch. We're getting people in the cycling that have never been in a cycling. Um, you're able to, I mean, I think of it on a road bike. Like, man, if I wanted to go tour the California coast, I, I can do on a good day, I would hurt. I could do 40 or 50 miles. In my yeah, heyday, I could have done 80 or 90. I was going to say, I could do four or five miles. <laughs> but if I had an e road bike, I mean, dude, I could do 120 miles in a yeah. day. It's and like, you're still pedaling. It's yeah, just yeah, helping you a little still, bit. And you're going to get it's that little bit that's helping is, you as it gets you along. It's the same workout. You just go twice as far. Yeah. So you're still getting a really good workout. You're just going twice as far. Yeah. And if you really are got l- uh, ham hock legs and mm-hmm. you're pe- doing the pedaling and it's assisting you, you're doing, yeah. you're keeping up with California yes. traffic, baby. So there's, there's a lot of pros to it, but like everything in its infancy, we like to we, see the cons. Well, you we got to look guts. at, first of all, you got to look at both sides, but yeah. We don't know where to put them. We don't know what to do. And as a mountain biker, I'm like, well, should they be allowed on the trail? And I, I'm like, oh, that electric bike with that dude on it, fine. But I've also been like all the way up to the Burton saddle. There was a dude on his fucking commuter, like hunk of shit electric bike. And oh, I thought you were going to say me on my Schwinn. <laughs> well, I, it was, it was, it was that, but an electric bike. Yeah. It was a hybrid fucking electric bike. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But, and does he deserve to be there? That's debatable. Um, you know, guy, and then there's guys guy out that, there. As a guy that would be that guy, I say yes. <laughs> there's a guy, you know, there's plenty of people on $10,000 e-bikes that it looks like a mountain bike. So you're like, oh, okay, you just made it up here easier than me. But do we, do they use the same trails? Well, what about when someone puts twice the e-motor? Again, what's the limit? Yeah. If I want to ride an Ulta up there, how's it different from an e-bike? Yeah. You, you don't go dirt biking and say, well, that 50 is allowed, but your 450 is not or vice versa. Yeah. So where is that? We don't, we don't know. Bec- and it's because it hasn't been a problem. So we haven't, we haven't had to figure that out. You would have been but, pissed off at this year's IMS. There was nothing but electric street bikes, dirt bikes, well, and BMX bikes. I would have been pissed <laughs> off for that. I think, I think there's a lot of that in the future. But, you know, with that, it's like, who do we share the trail with? Does it have, are there certain requirements? Does it have to have pedals? Can you not have pedals? I could put fuck it, I could put a crank set on an Ulta. You should. So actually. what? <laughs> if I could afford an Alta, maybe I would. But all, all I know is that that, that bear bell that you had on there. Somebody told me that was just dinner bell, so the bears knew I where to go. I thought I heard some dingalingan when you were riding up there. I did this. Oh, uh, I had one this weekend. Okay. but I don't think you heard dingalingan. I no. got it uh, one of the times I was up there a few weeks ago. There was like trail maintenance the next week, and they gotcha. had a sign. On the sign were some bells. And oh, I was cool. like, I should probably get one. Somebody told me it's just for bears, bears, bears know where to shit. attack. So. I think it's what it's. Well, it's it's multifold. Like when you're going the opposite direction as someone on a mountain bike trail, uh, you can't can always see them. Loud bells save lives. Yeah, so it's that, yeah. and I think it 
also helps keep bears and shit away. I think it tells or them it right where you are. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you're going to get eaten. We're going to take a quick break. If you're a dealer that's looking into sell, selling uh, more e-bikes this year and chugging horse cum and doing adrenochrome, uh, email creativewritingpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be right back. This show is not going to be an hour long, by the way. It'll be a, an extended version, but we'll try to wrap it up quick. But yeah, we'll be right back with more creative writing. Have we even got the 10 minutes you were at talking? Creative Writers, RP Enterprises wants to remind you of their latest, greatest invention, the medicated adhesive graphic strip. This medicated bandage strip is emblazoned with bold graphics depicting infected, pus-oozing, disgusting wounds. Whether you have just a minor scratch, a hangnail, or a clean gash, make sure you customize it with the Mags Bandage from RP Enterprises. RP Enterprises only available at fine retail stores near you. Mm, what's that smell? They're at it again. The folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of Grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution? Fist Puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist Puppies available only at Hetty's on 4th Street. You get me on rants. Yes, like, I know. I know someone who's going to hate e-bikes. Who? But for real, I want to get your mountain bike going. We can start off easy. All right. But well, you don't we, have the fat to carry up the hill that I do. I have the bad, That's, like out of shape bad, lungs. I have all that too. I know you do. We'll but you're, you're, you, you do it. You're, you're, you're deceptively in That's shape. That's why I'm going to fix your bicycle so yes. we can do it deceptively together. Right. That's what she said. Welcome back to Creative Writing, everybody. We we are recording, unbeknownst to Wiggins. We're going to talk about uh, racing right now. Um, this is our last segment. Obviously, this show isn't going to be an hour long, so sit back. We're going to try and wrap this one up a little bit quick, but then once Wiggins start talking, we'll be here for another two and a half hours. So just sit back and... Yep. Uh, and relax. Um, I did want to mention this. Uh, since the last show, I, did, I didn't I did mention, because we talked about uh, Flat Out Friday. We had a couple Wisconsinites on. Then we talked about IMS. So we kind of closed out the year uh, just on a quiet note. Uh, and then I'd, I'd done a b- b- bunch of watching and reading. And I, I did want to mention this last year. I did not. The USA women's team clinched the ISDE in 2021. Brandy Richards won every uh, test over the six days, which is something no competitor, man or woman, child, alien. I think there's been some aliens, lizard people who have raced the ISDE. Nobody's ever done that in the history of the ISDE. It's been going on for over 100 years, but they've only raced it for 95 because they took off some breaks now and then during World War II. Um, So yeah, incredibly, the US uh, team is rocking it. 
Um, the women's team doing stuff, uh, breaking records. So uh, just like the soccer, the U.S. soccer team, the women's team's uh, leading the way. The men's team has a little bit of catching up to do, but they took third this year, which is really good. They took first, I think, a few years ago. It's been a little bit since the men's team's been on top, but third place, still podium, uh, and a hell of a lot of good riders. I think there was some... There was no seventh grade boys team to beat. There was none. No, they were all they were all men from Bulgaria this year that we had to beat. Uh, so the actually Ryan Sipes was on there and I know he's been racing Bagger League I think and he's racing motocross and he's racing flat track I'm pretty sure Sipes is flat track I don't know about Bagger I think he's unless ra- he's I think doing he racing, King of the Baggers I think he might have because um, it's already divided Valentino Rossi retired from MotoGP this year and uh, I've seen some pretty cool stuff of him with it wasn't Aaron Colton who is that dude Axel Hodges. Oh, Axel Hodges. That's yeah, who I seen. Yeah, yeah I seen the cool video with him and Axel Hodges and Valentino. Just like every MotoGP rider, um, <clears throat> Marquez, quit breaking your fucking arms, Marquez. Um, pretty good at the old motocross, and so him and Axel Hodges did a little video well, at did, Valentino's it was ranch. At the ranch, right on the flat track. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and he was they did some of the Supercross stuff there too. Uh, Valentino has a little motocross or Supercross track in the middle. So, and he's you know a, he can ride a motorcycle. Yeah, he can ride a motorcycle. Who go go figure. And he only retired from MotoGP. Isn't he doing rally now? Dude, or? he's going to do something. He's going to be like he, Travis yeah, Pastrana. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, know he, I know he, he is. is. I know he's he a, is. He's a very talented, very skilled. Oh, my God. Um, Automotorized auto motorized, motorized yeah. vehicle yeah. pilot. I don't want people to forget that the years that he has been racing, he's been racing for what? 38, 39 years, something like that. And, yeah. and, and, and out I mean, of those years. I might be wrong because Roberts, no, Roberts won on a bike. One of the kid Roberts won on a two-stroke. It was Suzuki's last win. But didn't Rossi win the last two-stroke championship and the, and the first, first four-stroke four <laughs> Yeah. And it was like 99 and 2000 yeah. or something. And he hasn't came in. Yeah, right. It was like And it wasn't his area. first year running 500s. Yeah. And so he's seen a whole era come and go of two-stroke racing when you had to relearn everything. He hasn't really won. He finished top 10, which was like he said, like, that's the way to go. But I can't believe how many people came out and sucked his dick. He's 40, right? He's like 41 or something like that. I mean, but at that level, that's old man shit. That is. But, you know, I love when I see, like, Jeff May will still come and rock the Daytona 200 once in a while and, like. And, and Troy Bayless still gets it. And Greg Hancock didn't retire because he got old and slow. Yeah. He retired. Adingo ate his leg off, right? Uh, no, uh, honestly, his wife got sick. She ate his leg off. And he stayed home a year. And that her. year did it. And then he just he yeah. said, fuck it, I retired. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. She ate his leg. You didn't read that? <laughs> Something happened to his leg and he couldn't race anymore. I think I, I know, but I just, I don't, it, I don't want to spew his business everywhere. Not that <laughs> anyone that follows Greg Hancock didn't know, right. but this was a guy that broke his own record for oldest world championship. Didn't he also, wasn't he like a decorated Vietnam sniper? Yeah, Am I probably, thinking of he's Carlos? He's that old. He's oh, Carlos Hathcock. Maybe not Greg Hancock. But I mean, it's guys at that level that are able to just keep going and not get injured and not get and I watched I got a Hancock was a good example I got to watch him race live yeah and you could tell he wasn't racing 100 percent yeah he but was, he was still kicking ass and taking it yeah. so yeah. fast yeah but he was I mean 
he's older. I mean, now he's late 40s, but he would ride bicycles. He would oh, he's still young. He would work out. Yeah. But he knew how to preserve his career. Yeah. And it was... Dude, I bet Ago would be pretty sick to see him. Like, I bet he's still fast as fuck, like, on a motorcycle. You, I mean, a lot of motocross maybe actually yeah because you watch someone like jeff ward that fucker can still rip yeah like the thing with those guys they've learned how to be smooth and consistent Mm -hmm. and they might not be first place but they can be consistently at the top of the pack yeah just by being smooth and not getting hurt and being consistent but how consistently they ride and they hit their markers every time I want to say that after Rossi broke his leg, and I thought it was Aston, but I guess it, I don't, I think I was reading something else and it wasn't Aston, it was somewhere else that he broke his leg. And I think I remember after that, he got a little crazy. And then when Marquez and Lorenzo were racing together, and he was like, these two Spaniards are teaming up, he got a little crazy, he went yeah, a little crazy yeah. there at like 2015, 2016. Remember he had the big kind of battle, and, and, I don't know how to say it, but with uh, Lorenzo, right? Like, yeah, him and Lorenzo were teammates. They were heads for a while. And they weren't teammates after that. I want to say, yeah, even after that. Yeah. I mean, even... Um, and Until Lorenzo retired. I mean, he yeah. cracked his neck and was like, fuck this. Yeah, he kind of got a... I think Lorenzo was kind of helping block for Marquez. That's what he... That's what Rossi teammates. said. Yeah. That's what Rossi yeah, I said. I mean... Even though him and, Mar- him and Lorenzo were teammates, that's what he said. You know, it's... I, just because of Drive to Survive, like you watch F1 a little bit and the Mercedes driver Botas, I want, I always wonder like how good of a driver is he because he's always told like... With a name like Botox, you're tight. <laughs> um, he's always told to like hang back and help Hamilton. Oh, win. yeah. In and MotoGP, there's no team orders in the helmet. There might be in the pits, but yeah, yeah. not in the helmet. So they don't communicate in the helmet? No. Okay. It's on the pit board, though. Yeah. There might be on the pit board. And listen, if you're, it doesn't matter what team you're on. If you're on the Honda team and you're not Marquez, you're you're there to help Marquez. Yeah. Like you can go one, two, but it better be two. Yeah. And I don't know. So there's definitely. Well, he was always he was always checkers or records, and and there's and that. there's those guys too. I'm afraid, and here's what I'm afraid of. Uh, uh, the reason I wanted to mention Rossi retiring is because so many people came on to suck his um, Italian. <laughs> Stallion penis. <laughs> Tom Cruise, freaking Keanu Reeves, um, g- golfers, football players. There was this like eight minute long video of everyone that just yeah, wanted yeah, to get yeah. their I hands on his testicles you know, and fondle them for a second. So and I was one, like, this is disgusting. I got to go to the GP race in Laguna when him and Stoner had the battle and Stoner went down in 11. And Tom Cruise was there. Brad Pitt was there. Like, and Would it get him into motorcycling? Like, huh? Did it get them into motorcycling? No, they were already into it at the he time. He still never beat Ago's record, by the way, either. And Ago, Ago was, uh, I don't think Ago was on that re- video. I think Ago was like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> um, yes. But it's cool you go to those events and you see these celebrities like Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt who are huge, huge, huge movie stars, right? At those events, Sucky it's, not riders. That, it's not that they're nobodies, but they're nobodies. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're there and Rossi is their hero. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's kind of cool to go to those events and see those people who, I mean, don't get me wrong. We were, I, I was fortunate and I was in the Red Bull tent and I watched Tom Cruise leave, right? And he's like surrounded by security. His Suburban backed up. They moved the gate and he like, you know. L. Ron Hubbard's ghost levitated dude, down and put it, him in the. It was, it was, it was this bullshit. And I'm like, dude. Jason Lee was walking around. The guy from My Name is Earl, right? I, I love Keanu Jason Reeves. Lee, yeah. Is there um, my favorite skateboarder? And and 
no one gave a shit about Tom Cruise. Because yeah. just like Tom Cruise, we're all there to watch Rossi. The racers. I wonder who Rossi looks up to like that. I mean, there's a lot of respect in a lot of those people. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Axel Hodgins was over there for a reason. Sammy Hobart and Brad Baker have been over there for reasons. Like, I'm sure, you know, and maybe he watches movies and thinks Brad Pitt's fucking cool. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But it's, I'm not saying it, it's not cool. I'm just saying finally he fucking retired. And finally, <laughs> I, I, I got to see who was on it's his payroll. Cool. I like, too, that he hung around that long. He, so good. He did. He was pretty good. He did have like 80 million wins be, or uh, starts and race starts because you can't you can't race for 40 years and not have that many race starts. So he did have a, a thousand race starts. All right. Well, Wiggins is going to take a leak. This is our chance to speed through the uh, the race segment. So <laughs> well, Wiggins is gone. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on here. So yeah. So I, I was disgusted by it all. I'm glad I'm glad uh, Wiggins can see this. We probably talked for 18 more hours about this. Uh, I did want to say this weekend, man. Supercross kicked off in Anaheim. Ken Roxon, Kenny Boy Roxon, man, he came out in the opening round in front of a solid sold-out Angel Stadium. 45,000-plus fans blowing the Omicron virus all over the place while hobos filled the Santa Ana River with feces and holdout Raiders fans stabbed everyone else uh, while the Raiders and Chargers game is going on. That didn't stop Ken Roxon from putting in his fourth season opener uh, victory in the books. Um, Billy Baloney and Hutch Barbecue fought for first and, or, uh, second and third, actually first and second respectively in the 250 class. This is going to be a hot season. Uh, I think it's going to be a full season actually this year. So Supercross round two is going to head up to Oakland, followed by San Diego. Speaking of the uh, the former Chargers and the former Raiders, uh, round four returns to Anaheim before heading over to Glendale. Then round six comes back to Anaheim. It's oh, like yeah. it's like a vagrant. You can't get rid of Supercross. It's like the hobo so on the just corner. All over California. Yeah. Oh yeah. So with so many riders that live actually in California, it's almost like working from home for them. And during yeah. this lockdown. <laughs> During this work from home period, it's great for them that they don't have to travel all over the, the, the country. And actually, if you do look up on Supercross, you'll see a lot of people live in Menifee, Temecula, Marietta, um, you know, They're Corona. Right yeah, Elsinore area. Elsinore, yeah. Yeah. And we rode through there, and you can see why there's a ton of dirt mm-hmm. uh, uh, tracks out there. Too. Beaumont. Yeah. There's- but of course, I'd never go ride motorcycles because it's illegal. Yes. Right. We should take your CBX to Paula <laughs> at Fox Raceway. We should go to Milestone. We should go to Glen Helen. Like we live within like an hour of all these places. We should. I mean, and that's where all the, the CBX the test there. track for Cowies right Cowies off. Cowies of there. 15. Yeah, it is. There's also a um, uh, there's also another track over there, and I can't think of what company, what off road company. It Fox? is. Well, Fox is Paula Raceway, Paula, yep. but there is another, there is like a Fox, like just their private uh, or something. Yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of companies that have their own private tracks out that way. Plus freaking when he lived here, Colton Haker had a huge track. Robbie Madison has a huge track. Like these guys uh, have who, like full size um, motocross tracks. Whose daughter's racing NASCAR? Um, Freestyle guy. Jim Deegan. Will- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Deegan's Deegan, got yeah, he's got a house too. out there with the full on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I'm the the one person that could should live here that doesn't is Travis Pastrana, but he's yeah, got Maryland yeah. covered. So, uh, but yeah, or so this Maryland, this is uh, yeah. I think, and he's I'm in sure Maryland. like the Haydens have a fam- or have a house somewhere in Corona too. Probably Corona. I don't, I don't Corona know has a house in it. Corona. <laughs> if you go to Corona, you're I don't hundred percent guaranteed. Yeah, I don't know who technically had it, but it was like their winter training spot. They could go to Chuckwalla. They could ride bicycles. Oh yeah. 
but it was tight. There's a, and there's like I said, moto big and little moto tracks all over here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been following the Dakar, I, I used to watch the Dakar exclusively on Speed Vision back when that was a channel, um, and I really got into it about 20 years ago. Um, and it back then it was a 20 something day. It was close to a month long. Then it was a 20 day race. It eventually quit going from Paris to Dakar, which was how it used to be the Paris Dakar rally. They would literally start in Paris, drive down to the tip of Spain or Portugal or Italy, jump over to Africa, then drive and end up in Dakar. Now they are, they've been in Argentina, Saudi Arabia, so on and so forth. So this year it's uh, back in Saudi Arabia or well, it's in Saudi Arabia. Isn't it a mix from like countries that want it? And countries that are too sketchy to go there. <laughs> right. Go well, they quit having it. They quit having it run from Paris to Dakar because, you know, obviously Libya, Syria, all that mm-hmm. stuff, like in the early 2000s, or maybe it was like the That's 2010s. What I mean. So they quit some of those because they were sketchy. I was, dude, I was looking at the history of it. And even back in like the 70s and 80s, when all that, I mean, Africa has just had like tons of um, civil wars over the decades, right? And I remember in the 90s reading about somebody's car that like hit a landmine or something. And in the in the 80s, it had happened too. Uh, somebody's car, and in that, um, one of the support trucks hit a landmine. Who's the actor that did like Long Way Around and Long Way Down? Oh, like Charlie Borman and, and uh, Russell Crowe? No. <laughs> the guy from... Uh, <laughs> Ewan McGregor. Uh, Ewan McGregor, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't go through, or at least one of the guys or part of the crew couldn't go through. I think it was like Libya. Yeah. I'm pretty because sure they it, probably could. It, yeah, it's, it, it's, those countries are a mess. Yeah. Not that America would have anything to do with making countries like that a mess. No, I'm sure we love the racing. I'm sure they've always been shitholes. We never tried we to never did implement that. democracy. That's our three-hour podcast. Don't give it away. <laughs> so anyways, the Dakar now is only 14 days. They're back in Saudi Arabia. Ironically, the French prosecutors uh, have opened a case because there was a blast in Saudi Arabia that hurt... Um, uh, it hurt somebody there. I was I was reading this news article. I'm not going to read it now, but um, yeah, Saudi authorities are assigning more police to protect the rally. There was a uh, I think one of the support vehicles. Somebody blew something up next to it, and mm-hmm. it's like the first time since the 80s when it was there in the 80s or something that's happened. It's like you know, in France, France was a yeah. empirical country, and they went and 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 uh, what's it called? put colonies in these places they don't like them that much so now you're back in Saudi Arabia and they want to blow you up that's it's like it's like if we went to race in Afghanistan or something we try to give them freedom and democracy in exchange (laughs) for all their oil they get mad they don't like it it doesn't make sense right um so wait this year the Dakar rally it's already underway it's it's going to be over on our, it's a 14 day race obviously when this comes out it's going to be probably the 11th so it's pretty close to the end so i just wanted to recap the first week and then we'll talk about the second week uh, in a little bit but there's uh, 14 days 160 bikes four women this time around which is like probably the most women on bikes i've ever seen um, I have a race recap, recap right here that I want to talk about real quick. Um, stage one was like A and B, and they were kind of like special stages. Uh, Daniel Sanders, who I believe is from Australia, took the win both days and is in really good uh, shape. Um, the only American that I can think of that's making headlines every day is Ricky Brabeck. 
uh, along with the previous winner, Toby Price, who actually, do you know that guy broke his spine and like has come back to win the Dakar like two times? Uh, that's uh, that's how Australians do. They wrap it in duct tape and say, fuck it. Um, that's what they do to, to Chihuahua. more. Yeah. Not, now they're shut down. <laughs> right, right. They, they would just wrap that home. country in duct tape and say, fuck it, man. They'll, they'll win a Dakar. So they were among the, the group. They, um, they actually got lost for over an hour. Sam Sunderland from Great Britain, who sounds like he was from South Africa to me, he was leading stage two. Uh, he was knocked off by Johan Bereda, who took the stage win, um, which is his 28th stage win, by the way. I don't know how many years he's been racing Dakar, but 28 stage wins is pretty good. Started uh, when Rossi started. Right. If he's been racing for 42 years, and it's, <laughs> it's just shy of a record. He probably hasn't broken. Giacomo Agostini probably raced the Dakar, too, and has, <laughs> has more wins. And Bereda's not going not gonna to be able to pass him. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, so he's just shy of some record that I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure of, um, stage three looks hard and there was a lot of crashes and overall Rodriguez, who I believe is the, uh, is it him, him or Quintanilla? They have these rad names like El Diablo, <laughs> Pablo, and, uh, the guy from South Africa, I think his name is, um, Ross Branch. I think they call him the Kalahari, uh, Ferrari. Like these guys have rad <laughs> names that you and I should, should get for each other. Who, um. Did you see the video when they were like all going over there and they had like a full container ship full of the support trucks? Oh, I'm sure. And the race cars and the race bikes and all that like. The logistics is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, you watch a Formula One event and it's kind of the same thing. But to watch like the same the same idea, dude. These big trucks full of tools, like the support trucks, are crazy. Oh, anyway. they're so rad to watch them race too. Yeah. And they don't ra- do they race the same route? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hell yeah. And they crash the same. Did dude, you see that one I that saw one recently oh, just crashed, dude? It like something happened and it flipped. It just the back end started to hit some whoops and. Boof, boof, dude, boof. Can you imagine all the snap on tools that went? Flying? I know. <laughs> Dude, you go over there with a, uh, uh, like a metal detector and you're rich because yeah. snap-on tools. It, nuts, man. Yeah. And, and then there was a guy on Your a, team also, like at that point, how does your team get supplies? That's you have all their oil and tires? The route. And, they do? I mean, obviously the trucks are slower. I mean, yeah. they're fast, but they're slower than the race cars. Yeah, but you see stuff where race cars get stuck and the support trucks will be coming up to them and they'll pull them out and then keep going. And yeah, the how car- are they right behind them in the fucking truck? Well, they're like an hour behind. Why even have a race car? Yeah, right. Just just race slow. <laughs> you got an all-wheel drive Porsche? Fuck that. Look <laughs> at my race truck. Yeah. And they're not even... And do the... Um, so Sorry, I don't keep up with Paris the car much. Do the like Baja trucks go? They do have a Baja truck class now. And, and actually this year, I don't know if they do it every year. more like, there's the bike class. Yeah. And I remember the old like 959 no, Porsches. There's a quad class now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, there's like a, there's a special class. It's called the Special like, Olympics class. Yeah. There, there's a special class that's like prototype vehicles. Yeah. Then there's a special class that's like, um, I want to say it's like razors, like Polaris Razor Can-Am shit. It's like smaller Mm -hmm. buggies, uh, I think has their own class, and I don't remember Mm -hmm. what it's called. But this year, I don't know if they do it every year, and I just never caught on to it before, but this year they're having highlights from the Dakar Classic. That 959's in there. There's Mm -hmm. an old, like, 68 Toyota Land Cruiser. There's a Fiat Panda from whenever they made those, 1982. Like, there's some shit from, like, the 70s. And eighties and nineties rate yeah. that, that are is doing That's the classic. Just, it is so cool. rad. Speaking of, did you see the Ferrari that ran over the GT forty like a two weeks ago? Uh uh-uh. uh. At Paris Dakar? Oh, no. 
at a road course, but they went into a corner and something happened. And this like uh, convertible Ferrari just ran Oof. up over the side of a GT40. Oof. And you know, like the Goodwood, they those cars aren't an repops. OG GT40. Yeah. Oh no. I don't think it was. It might have been at Goodwood, but I don't think it was. Um, so it's one of those like vintage racing yeah, things. Yeah. And I know those guys send it, but they're supposed to give a little bit of room. And something I've seen happened. them send it. Yeah. Oh, dude, talk about like. I mean, that's that's yeah. next level money. Yeah. Just got crashed. Yeah. I mean, but you watch Goodwood. There's like old vintage F1 cars that are yeah. priceless. I like, used to go to the Chrysler Speed Classic in LA or in, in San Diego, mm-hmm. and those guys send it. They didn't give a shit. They I were like, go to the one at Laguna. Yeah. Those cars yeah. look insane. They Same got the cars. Porsche one and a, another vintage one. Yeah. I would see when they, because they would televise that one, and I'd see the same cars that were Chrysler yeah, run that yeah, one. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. And we were I just talking about it last ago. week with Ed, the uh, who was that on the BMW motorcycle? And full, he was like full new leathers, but he was backing in like a hundred year old. Oh, BMW. yeah. I think it was Troy Bayless. Yeah, it was Bayless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, and he was like on like a 1920 or 30 BMW yeah. full. And, and <laughs> I think he killed the bike on the line or something. Yeah. And he basically started at the back, back yeah. and he still won. Yeah. Is Bayless who he's, fought he's, Edwards for the championship that we he were used talking to about race, earlier in the show? He used to race um, or was that Ducati's a, in World Superbike, I think. He wasn't much. Yeah, he's Australian too, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is it then. Yeah. That's who Colin Edwards had to fight for the title with the RC-51. Interesting. And that would make sense. That was like that era. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we might see those guys at the parody car. Who knows? One of these these years. There is a lot of rally car drivers, Carlos Sainz and... um, Rossi, maybe. Who knows? Probably Rossi. That's like where he's going to go. Sebastian Loeb, he used to be a world rally champion guy, and now he's doing uh, all these types of rallies. He was like a Michael Schumacher where he was just winning everything, and it was so... It got boring. He won like every Maybe championship. Maybe Sebastian Vettel too. Yeah, and now uh, right and Moto <laughs> Formula One. I heard people saying the same thing about a few years ago. Is that like pe- the same person would win like ninety nine percent of the time? Mm-hmm. That's why people got sick of Marquez and they would la- like <laughs> cheer when he crashed for when he was <laughs> predominant. And so he's doing rally, and it's fun to see him kind of lose. Um, so yeah, let, going back to the bike, Sam Sunderland uh, leading stage two got knocked off by Johan Bereda, who took the stage win. Uh, Joaquin, Joaquin Rodriguez so he's Joaquin around I think is what they call him he didn't have a cool one like the uh, Pablo the Diablo well after a crash that's all you can <laughs> hope for is to be walking around right oh yeah if you see those guys biff it so he won on a hero and I did want to mention so there's like a lot of on, like, KTMs the Chinese motorcycles well I think they're Honda a hero is Honda like Asia or something like that or is it like a Honda copy well I think they're Honda okay. I think they're hero Honda I'm not okay. 100% sure they are the largest motorcycle manufacturer in the world hero is yeah 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 but, and it's because they clone stuff it's because they cloned yeah. a honda right so uh, and for the race bike they probably take a real honda, honda motor and, and put, put it, it in there it looks just like it you can't tell they're like we even they copy put their side number covers numbers. on it that say hero. hero so yeah there was heroes shirkos which is stuff you only hear of in off-road racing and i was pretty stoked to see the shirko team like doing KT- pretty good oh wait yeah well ktm was there gas gas actually ktm mm-hmm. bought gas gas recently and so gas mm-hmm. gas a lot of the guys are sponsored by KTM, but they're riding gas gases. Right, Honda owns Beta. There's no Betas in the oh, race. Oh, Honda owns Beta? I think, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Or KTM owns Beta. KTM owns gas gas now. And they own 
Husenberg still, huh. right? I think they own, no, Husenberg was when the, when Husqvarna got bought. The people that worked at Husqvarna didn't want to work for BMW, so they started Husenberg. And then when the KTM owned them when they did the forward motor. Yeah. And now, and now Husky and KTM, I think, are similar companies. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we'll, like we, we can anyway. talk about that on one of our history episodes. We should. <laughs> um, so it's just interesting seeing Hero there with like four riders, Shirko with their four riders, and then you got Yamaha, Honda, um, KTM. Uh, that's really it that I could think of. Um, so Sam Sunderland, he stayed on first overall. Rodriguez got lost after starting stage four. Bereda, Price, and a whole bunch of others, uh, Toby Price, um, showed no mercy. So as this guy's lost, because they have roll chart, like physical paper roll charts, and there's actually a video showing how there's a button that will advance it for you so you don't have to reach up and do it, but it's still advanced. It's still a paper roll chart, and you just press a button that rolls it for you, and you got your mile counter be- right below it, so you're looking, and and you can see when they're riding, they're looking up and down. They're not looking, they're not hauling ass like the guys that are behind that are just following the track. So these guys were merciless. This guy got lost, they followed his track, and he was close enough to like the middle that they just blew past um he got lost and then they all got lost yeah then they got lost there was one of those too so uh there was the three bike withdrawals in stage four um but sam sunderland still remained on top overall f- after five days uh stage five danila petrucci a former MotoGP rider he, he crashed while trying to avoid a camel um but he still rallied back and came in. He won that stage, making history as the very first MotoGP rider to win a Dakar stage. Oh, and he was all right. crying and tearful. That's, uh, what's crazy, too, is like, oh, what happened to you out there? Oh, I had to dodge a camel. Camel, yeah. <laughs> oh, just like the, just like, um, when I was racing Qatar back in 1980. I never 80. say that in MotoGP. <laughs> right. Now I did. <laughs> now I did. Right. And he still came back to win, so that's pretty sweet. And he's the only MotoGP rider to win a stage, which hints to me that maybe there was other MotoGP riders that did it. And I'm thinking Rossi. He's a hell of a dirt biker. I mean, you know, at that level, when you have that, like a guy like Rossi especially, he could get sponsors to go. Yeah, for sure. He could no pay his own way to go. There's like, too. there's like, but people no one's going to care if he wins. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's think, man versus the man versus mother nature out think there. Think of the, like, from a sponsor standpoint, think of the fans that would get behind someone yeah. who supported Rossi. For yeah. That. Yeah. Like, that's Hell what, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the story more than the win. You think he'd do it? Because he's got a little kid coming on the way. By the way, don't have kids when you're 41 because um, you'll be 42. Or all. Or, or ever <laughs> if you can avoid it. But you don't want to have like a, a 10-year-old kid when you're like 55 and you're like hobbling around. It's hard around. for those guys because one... Uh, They're beat up from MotoGP. Inside, everyone thought Rossi was gay for a long time. <laughs> well, two, he's Italian, of course. And two, like having a kid changes your mindset. And if you're trying to race at that level, it's got to be hard to have kids and race yeah. at that level. Eating bad food, eating burritos before a ride will change my mindset, <laughs> let alone having a kid. I know what having kids did to the way I ride. Like, it, it changes it. Yeah. And it cha- I mean, and maybe at those guys it's different because, like, for me... It wasn't that it changed my mindset so much as it changed how often I could go to the track. Yeah. It changed how often I could go practice. It changed how often I could go race. It oh, changed yeah. how much time I had to get bikes ready. Those things all change. For Rossi, those things don't change because he doesn't have to do any of that. Yeah. He has to go practice, but it's his job. So he'd go practice any day of the week. But it's still... Could you imagine retiring at 41? 
and being able to and owning your own town in Italy. I know he doesn't own Tavulia, but he might as well. Uh, you Not know only that, saying? he retired late by those standards. Yeah, he could have retired at 25. <laughs> That's true. He just hung around. Yeah, he could have pulled a Ryan Dungey and been like, hey, I'm 26, guys. It's way too old. I was way too old to be in this game. Chad Reed. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, or Greg Hancock. Or like, Greg Hancock. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, maybe we will see him. But So Danilo proved that it's possible. So he gave a super tearful interview talking about him and his dad. Um, mm, and then part of that. The, immediately the day after he ate <laughs> Really ate shit pretty hard. Him, uh, Daniel Sanders, who was leading the first couple stages and was pulling it pretty hard. Uh, uh, he, w- I think he was staying up in the top five. He also injured his shoulder. Yuan Bereda crashed so hard, he he hurt his shoulder or his collarbone, um, and he had to limp back to the starting race the next morning on stage six. Um, and so what had happened was um, on stage five or six, it was five and six, the cars and heavy trucks and all that shit raced one route on this day and the bikes and quads raced this route. And then for the next day, they just swapped because they're not yeah, yeah. going, like I said, they're not going from Paris to Dakar now. They're just kind of staying around Riyadh and riding yeah, out yeah. through the desert coming back. And the track was so jacked up that Danilo Petrucci crashed, Daniel Sanders crashed, mm-hmm. Yuan Bereda, when he crashed, he ended up having... Um, it's cool that they keep on separate routes, though. That's, well, yeah. Like Baja, you could be on a bike. Yeah. And well, crash, I mean, they, and then have a truck. Yeah, running. run over you. That's actually happened before. Mm-hmm. And they, they are for most of it, but on this one, they swapped. And since the trucks did this route the day before, they tore it up. So the map, they, they John Bereda actually broke his, his shoulders in two places. And the next stage, he was still ripping. He was like in fifth place he was fifth place you know he was still hanging hard like like it didn't even hurt him um but yeah they were saying that the route book here i have it right here so yoan bereda uh, got it uh, as stage six commenced it was learned that he had separated his shoulder in two so his shoulders literally in two right now he limped to the starting line started it because he came in pretty high that day um and it was also the the since it was the track for the trucks and everything on stage five it got so tore up that the road books and the roll charts, the roll charts are still the same like distance, like at 256 kilometers turn right. But the when it says there's a sand dune here or a pothole here or a boulder here, those are no longer relevant. The trucks had crashed and like mm. tore it up so bad that the road books and the hazard warnings and everything it was they said like it's it's almost like writing it was almost like writing blind with no knowledge because this road book was totally off now and totally inaccurate and there were so many more hazards that weren't marked and um and so at the first fuel stop they called it a day and said yeah you're right we can't have you guys continue three danny petrucci like there's three people that have already crashed just getting yeah, here yeah, 150 yeah. like 60 miles in yeah. to the race they just they added up the points right then and there and called it a day um and so that was it and then after that ross branch Danilo petrucci ross branch had to be airlifted out uh Danilo petrucci could keep going but there was a couple other crashes um and Daniel Sanders ended up taking first overall in stage six. Sam Sunderland fell down to second. And Matthias Valkner on this KTM uh, took third spot. Now, 
super cliffhanger because I don't want to give anything away for the um, next week, but there was a day in between. So we'll bring you the second half later, but this all got swapped around. Everything has got crazy in these last couple days and it's only four more days of the rally. So the next, in a few weeks when we bring back the racing episode again, we'll wrap this up. But dude, if you haven't seen it, go to Dakar.com. You can look at the daily highlights and see everybody. Uh, this year, the crazy, one of the craziest things is they, I think they have three Audi e-trons. So there's like, there's two or three electric Audis racing this thing too, to fully electric. And um, it's kind of rad. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's like Sebastian Vettel. Uh, no, Petter Hansel. I, I was going to say, I just said that. He, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's Formula 1. Uh, Stefan Petter Hansel, who I used to love. He's a, He's been doing these rallies since I've been watching them. So he's about, probably been rallying for 20 years. I think he's in one, and I forget who else is in the other one, but they're super competitive right now with um, with all electric motors. Pretty, pretty Look, good chin. I don't agree that electric is the wave of the future, but I do agree A, it needs to happen, and B, it's definitely coming. Yeah. So it's good to see him out there racing and good to see, because racing pushes the technology. Yeah. You know, maybe it trickles it down, maybe it doesn't, but I think it needs to happen, and I think it's good that it's there. And I understand part of the problem with the racing is where do you put them? Yeah. Like, you can't say hey, here's a 450 dirt bike. Let's let electric run with it. Well, how many kilowatts can I make? How, like, you know, I get, I get Going a back lot to your electric bicycle yeah. race, right? Or the- but, but it needs to happen. There needs to be classes. It needs to, you know, it's still in, it, it's in its infancy, but I think it's going to happen. You know, look at, I don't know if it's been happening lately, but the, um, remember the electric series? Oh, Moto, uh, well, not Moto, Moto E. e. Are you yeah, talking about motorcycles? Motor yeah, because yeah. they also had Formula E, Formula yeah, One. Still, e. So for yeah. F, Formula E still going. I don't know about the Moto E. It is. Colin Edwards did a little bit of that. At, he just did an exhibition at, at Coda. Guess who's making the bikes in 2023? Oh, Ducati. Harley. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they said they were never. They're like, we're gonna go to synthetic gas. We're never gonna do. And then this nah. year, they were like, just a, just like last month. Actually, so last year, they were like, hey. We're going to be the sole providers. Energica is probably like, Wah, or they Energica's, probably bought Energica. I was just going to say, Energica is like, yeah. here's our bikes, bros. Like, we're both Italian. Yeah. You know, and uh, my buddy Sean and Aaron, they raced one of the Harley Live Wires at the Roland Sands event. I saw this that. Year. I don't know how it fits the rules, but I do know that Roland will change the rules to suit his needs. So I see why I did fit him. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> jab, That's jab, our, jab, uh, jab. Uh, but, stick around for the three hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> but. It's good to see it out there and it's good to see it happening and it's not going to happen all at once. Yeah. And it's not going to just... MotoGP is not going electric in 2023. Like, it's not happening. No. But it's good to see the series happening because it pushes what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see guys like Colin Edwards spending some laps on it even if they're not racing. Like, it'd be good to see someone like Rossi. Maybe that's his next thing instead of cars, but I mm-hmm. think he's going cars. Guy Martin and... Um, Guy Martin would definitely be down. John... McGinnis both spent time on electric bikes at the Isle of Man, too. I mean, so. it, think about on a weird, crazy track like that to not worry about your gear and to just have that torque and to just twist the throttle. To finally it. go around that mountain and just hear the wind, too. <laughs> like, you're, you're hearing like, for fucking I don't know. I like 14 minutes sound, straight. Yeah, yeah. You slow down about seven times on that track, and the rest is just... Dude, those guys are yeah. Those guys scare me. Uh, something's wrong. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I do a lot of stupid shit on bikes, yeah. but wow. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, 
it's happening. It's it's definitely the next evolution in motorized vehicles. Whether it's the right choice or not, that's debatable, but it is the next one. Yeah. And you know, in my opinion, with batteries and lithium and cartel and pollution and whatever, like I think we're gonna we're, it's gonna happen and we're all gonna be like, oh fuck, we made a few mistakes. But yeah. it's happening. Yeah. Whether we like it or not. And it's good to see it in racing and being competitive and, and showing that electric has potential. Yeah. Speaking of electric, uh, before we wrap up, because we're Believe it or not, we're 15 minutes away from two hours of our one hour show. So before we- Our 10 minute segment. Our 10 minute segment that I wanted you to come over and talk about. When you said you'd do the whole show, I knew I knew I was in for it then. Um, I did want to mention that uh, Trent uh, from Trenovix, if you listened to a few episodes before the end of the year last year, he's the guy that we, uh, actually we talked to him over the summer. I rode out to Palm Desert in July. That was the smartest thing I've ever done. Uh, he actually- uh, we were talking about how he could potentially be the very first uh, guest on Creative Writing to not only build his own motorcycle, but then go take his MSF course on it. And I just wanted to say he posted up some pics. He's taken the MSF course. I think he said he passed with flying colors, but it was on like a TTR 125 or something like that. So he didn't do it on his own bike, but how awesome would that have been? And then our next guest after that was um, Hunter with his uh, Startania. He is actually looking for, I need to connect these two up because right now Trent is, um, uh, if you follow him on Instagram, he is uh, setting, he just got through uh, creating a bunch of batteries and welding them up, put them in series and all that stuff. These beautiful battery packs that's going into his next motorcycle and uh, Hunter on the same uh, same token is looking for a water cooling system for the hub motor on the Steritania. So if anybody out there, speaking of electric bikes and the future of if things are going to work or not, anybody has any uh, interest in seeing how to weld batteries in series, like 8,000 of them without dripping sweat on them and shocking yourself like he said he did <laughs> a bunch of times learning, or if anybody knows where to get the uh, leg up on a water-cooled hub motor for the Steritania, uh, reach out, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Winding out the show, this racing and uh, industry news, I did have this whole huge... Um, I was say, you didn't bring me over to ask about Dakar. I did not. And I have this whole page here on NHTSA statistics and crash statistics, but we'll talk about that in another episode. Uh, motorcycle fatalities and building roads around traffic and all that fun stuff, the future of motorcycling. That'll, that can come in another episode. This is the racing episode. We need to talk about racing. And here on the show tonight with us is Chris Wiggins for a reason. <laughs> Our local expert. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, we couldn't do better. I had you on here at the very beginning before Dakar, but I knew we'd never get to Dakar if I had you first. Let's talk what? a little bit about you when, yeah, I'm like, I was correct 100%. Um, let's talk about your win at um, Sonoma for third. There was a battle for third. You took the victory there. I don't know who was in the battle for first and second, but you definitely won third place. First in our hearts, first in our minds. Yeah, I was like, victory. Yeah, of third and then place. Battle for third. <laughs> the battle for third. We almost had a battle for second, but I, I couldn't quite hang. I. So take yeah. us backwards. How did you even get in that race? So. The Bagger Racing League is a uh, it's a weird it's a weird thing with it's funny how much they Hey everybody, it's Junkie. I'm coming to you from the inside of a garbage can, so I'm sorry it sounds so terrible. Right about this part is where we kind of took a left turn and went on a vision quest, and Wiggs was talking a whole lot about uh, the Bagger Racing League and uh, 
bashing a little bit on the motorcycle community. And so uh, I know we're, we're, we have our disclaimer at the beginning of the show, but I figured I probably wouldn't air it here. If you want to hear the whole conversation, I will make a segment just of this interview part and stick it up for our Patreon subscribers. And if you are a Patreon subscriber that just left, um, that was a $5 subscriber, and you want to hear this uh, conversation, come back for a buck. You'll be able to hear it. I'm going to stick it up for everybody. Uh, and we'll scooch forward a little bit, about half an hour or so, into our conversation and get back talking with more, more racing. <laughs> but so that's kind of the nutshell of the king of the baggers but spawn from that some of these racers and some of these teams and some of these bike people like so king of the baggers it's it's, it's a, a lot three of race riders. exhibition race for motor america but it might change for 2022 i don't know okay all you harley nut suckers um torque torque's great but behind the motor, so if you guys don't understand how motors work, there's these little round things that bounce up and down connected to these little wishbone things. And it connects and it spins a different little round lobby thing behind that little. Well, and then it's connected by this little fibrous disc brake thingy behind or attached to that fucking little brake thingy is a bunch of gears. And what those gears do is they turn little ponies into go fastest. So torque is great, but... If I put a Harley transmission behind a CBR 600, you're right. It ain't going to do shit. If I put the vice versa, it ain't going to do shit. But luckily, those little gear thingies are matched up to those four or two little round thingies that bounce up and down a bunch. So are we talking about motorcycles? I'm getting fucking horny over here. (laughs) (laughs) That's like little pinky thingies. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, a 600 sport bike makes over 100 horse of the ground. And luckily, the gear ratio and the transmission translates to to go fast as fuck. And a Harley might make, quote, a lot of torque, bro. But listen, as my cousin Tiger said, torque ain't good for nothing but pulling a plow. That's true. And he was a farmer. He would know. He, he is a farmer. He is a farmer <laughs> and still. He does know. And he does know. And he rides Harleys and KTMs. And, and he, he farms with them. Bikes. 100%. But, but so, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I road race a Buell that we're eventually going to get to. And I have an RC51 track bike. And I've had a lot of four-cylinder bikes. 20 like, minutes later. <laughs> and I have a fucking little six-cylinder that spins yeah, yeah, real yeah. fast. Like... So how did you get into this bagger racing league and how did you take third? Skip a hold of that. (laughs) Did you, yeah, I think it goes back to our question. This, this tangent started with you getting in because you're not a pro road racer. So the bagger racing league separated and they said, we want four classes bagger GP for the bagger GP bikes and mostly pro riders, pro stock bagger class for idiot riders on bag. And then they do a big twins class for soft tails, dinas, uh, I think that's all they're allowed. They, at one of the races, they let an Indian run, but I don't know that they didn't show up to Sonoma, and I don't know if that's going to continue. Um, and for the lightweight slash hooligans twin class, they said it could only be Sportsters, XR1200s, which is a Sportster base, and a Buell XB, which is a Sportster base. Um, they also added for the second round what they call the FS Cup, the FS Cup is the FTR 1200, the Pan America, and the new water-cooled Revolution Sportsters. Again, I think in either the lightweight or the FS Cup, the XG should be able to run. Yeah. Because here was my thing. The guy that told me, well, they don't make enough power. 
his it's Robbie Aliar got a lot of respect for him. This is nothing against him, but he was like, well, they don't make enough power to keep up. And to a point he's right. But and and the FS Cup has a lot of pro riders, but they also had an amateur and they they threw him in with the lightweight twins. But the an XG750 street rod, this little second gen they did, had 17-inch wheels from the factory. Had dual disc from the factory. Had inverted forks, but huh? And it was a little, tuned a little bit different, if I remember. Correctly. A little bit, yeah, 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 yeah. So it made forty-seven horse instead of forty-four. They don't make a lot of power, but I've ridden one at Chukwala. It's not stock, but the motor stock had an exhaust. Ours had different wheels, but they're still seventeen-inch wheels. Um, they ride really well. They're really comfortable to ride. They're really smooth. And my point was. That guy could get on his GP bagger bike and me on the Speed Merchant XG, and I'd put a $100 bill, that to me is a lot of money, that I would smoke him around Chuck Walla. And at the vice versa, I could get on his bagger GP bike and his pro rider, Jake Johnson, could get on that XG and smoke me around Chuck Walla. At the amateur level of road racing, it doesn't matter how much power you make. There's so much else that goes into it. Yeah. But and I don't care if the XG750 gets put in with the Sportsters. I'd be cool with that. I'd run against them because if it's a pro rider, he's probably going to be faster on an XG. But if it's another amateur dude, fuck it. I want more people on the grid. Like that's yeah. the ultimate goal. But anyway, so I went. I I really wanted to race Trusty Rusty, and if you know some Patreons want to gather up about five or six grand, I'll make that happen. But I need some wheels. I already bought brakes. I got tires and I need it tuned right. And I could go do it. Maybe rear shocks. Yeah. <laughs> and some clip-ons because those moto bars are cool, but they ain't that cool. If anyone out there listening want to up their Patreon subscription from five <laughs> to five thousand dollars, email the creative writing podcast at gmail. If you got that much, just buy me a, a rack bagger and then send that five grand yeah. and, and we'll go bagger uh Pro-Am or whatever it is, baggage or racing. Yeah. Pro I did stock. see Tony Salima out there on on a uh, He was the Pan bagger GP. Didn't look oh, like oh, a Pan yeah. America. He rode, the, he rode the Pan America. Yeah, it did not look like a Pan America. But. So what's funny about that bike, it was borrowed, got set up for the race, barely, raced, and then got put back to stock and went back to the dealer. Yeah. How uh, funny. Oh, shit. So Tony, it took him a while to get used to it. So I rode with him a few laps during that, and he... The bike that it looked the suspension was way too soft it was like bouncing got you, along got you. but that was the fs cup but um so i, I want to race trusty rusty but if i'm going to spend the money to go to an event and i have a fucking buell xb12 i'm not going to race trusty rusty i track date it when we did uh in january we did a track day at chuckwalla to announce all this stuff and I, I went out and i did some laps on it i put two front tires two michelin scorcher <laughs> right. 19 fronts i left the 19s on it and the bike did really well and i i was faster than almost everyone at that track day in on the sportster class um but and still i was probably trying to think of how many pros were there that day i was probably still there were probably 60 people on the track and i was faster than all but 10 of them we'll say was it hard to turn in with the just with the wheels just being that no, much bigger really it wasn't that bad because no. the, you just don't ride to the level of the 17s yeah, 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 and yeah, quick yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and it was front and rear were both 19s so if i went both 17s it would have lowered down almost the same although yeah. the rear 17s a little taller because it's a bigger tire got you got you and as you lean in 
the bike tilts because the rear is so much wider on 17s gotcha, where my gotcha. 19s were the same. Yeah. I took it back a second time and I, I could feel the tires not feeling great, but um, honestly, it, it, it for for literally taking my flat tracker, putting brakes on it and, and putting f- two front tires on yeah, it, yeah. it did amazing. And uh, it, I mean, and even at Sonoma, I probably could have podium. If I tuned the mo- the motor's pinging, so well, I got to adjust podium. the timing. Huh? You did podium. I probably could have still podiumed on trusty rest. Oh, you're saying on trusty. Yeah. But my Buell, other than the motor, it's a purebred fucking sports bike. Yeah. It, it's it got good brakes, good suspension. Honestly, the motor too, compared to a Sportster, there was there was some XR1200s that had a lot of money, but there's a lot of stock XR1200s. And I, the Buell, I think, will smoke an XR1200. It'd be interesting to see dyno numbers from an XB12 and an XR1200. Yeah. Um, it fucking rips, dude. It's a fast bike. And the thing is, on a track, like, I would put money down that laps around Chuckwalla on my Sportster with 19s, my Buell, Brownie, Speed Merchants, XG750, and my RC51. I bet, especially on my Buell, I'm quicker around Chuckwalla than I am my RC51 time-wise. Wow. Crazy. Because my RC51 is so fast and so powerful, it's scary. Got you. Where the Buell is, but not as bad. Yeah. And like the XG, same thing. It makes a lot less horsepower, but I bet I'm real close to lap time on it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's comf- it's not scary to ride. Yeah. Where my RC51, like... Confidence X, Confidence has it's big It's very confidence, yeah. Like the Buell and the X, XG, like you're, you're looking at the corner at the end of the straightaway and the bike kind of runs out of horsepower. Or my RC51, like that straightaway could be two miles longer and it's still going to be pulling hard. Yeah. So that's a big deal when you're coming up to a corner <laughs> and the speedometer is just like going 110, 120, 130. <laughs> and you're like, hey, I got a third here. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's it's not really confidence expiring. It's, yeah. it's kind of the opposite. It's inspiring. confidence expiring. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we went up to Sonoma. I got the X, XB Buell ready. I put, uh, I took the stock headlight mount. I cut off the bottom a little bit and I made a little bracket and I mounted an oil cooler to the front where the headlight goes. Um, ran the cool little like Buell fairing. Uh, I had to get, shout out to Glendale and Santa Clarita Harley and uh, Ernie Snare that used to race Buells up there. He's a salesman there now, but so he had a spare belly pan, an old belly pan I was able to mount on it. Because you need a belly pan that holds oil, which yep. on a Buell's weird because the exhaust is there. Yeah, yeah. And the guy was even like, "This thing's cut out on the back," and I'm like, "Because it's angled, like you're, it's still going to hold as much oil as all these other ones." Yeah. But um, so I got a belly pan mounted, which was also hard to mount because that was interesting to see how you were going to. Yeah, I showed that. you like the bracket, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck, I'm a horrible fabricator. We spent a um, few minutes looking at it together, and all I could think of oh, was, we did. "That's right." How do we do this? Did I show you when it was done? Yeah, yeah I saw I, it. it. I it did some horrible fabrication, but it, you know what? It goes on and off. Uh, it looks like a weird little claw thing under the bike, and I don't have a kickstand right now. But um, so I was able to mount the belly pan. I got the bike running. I had some issues with it. Ended up being fuel line in the fucking frame because the frame is the gas tank. And I put early in the year. I just bought good rubber hose, which was probably brake line, <laughs> and it lasted fine. And some and it lasted in a while later, and I was able to get it going. And then it took a shit. And um, I bought some fuel injection line, and it lasted two days. Luckily, it quit soon enough that I was able to order gates 
in gas tank fuel line that cost the first one I ordered to get it quick was from an auto parts store. I ordered a backup on Amazon. The auto parts store one was $30 a foot. Amazon was 15. So my backup was 15 bucks a foot. I thought it would be cool and I'd cut it in half. It needed more. When I bent it, so it goes up and it does a 180 and oh, it kind of yeah. pinched. So I took the spare and I thought I was going to have to, I was like, hey, at the straightaway, I'm going to have to drain the tank. The pump must make enough pressure and have enough flow that the injectors can't squirt it fast enough. Yeah, so yeah, it wasn't yeah. a problem. But um, yeah, I had to, I was like, I literally went, I found a different auto parts store that's not a fucking O'Reilly's or AutoZone or whatever. And I'm like, this is my problem. And the guy's like looking and he's like, oh, look, I found this. He's like, oh, you know, nothing's meant to be submersible. So basically fuel lines like a rubber hose with cloth around it and then rubber around it. They'll swell or something. Well, the outside rubber won't hold up to gasoline. Yeah. So I found this Gates. The guy was like, it's Gates. And I'm like, well, they make everything fucking rubber. So yeah. So ordered it it was at another one of their shops it was there the next day so it was submersible fuel line which is also weird because like every not every most fuel injected motorcycles my rc51 has a very similar pump inside the tank yeah with the fuel line it runs out of the pump through the filter and then through the bottom of the yeah fucking. i was gonna say there's always some little loop or something that's always yeah well cars don't do that i also learned yeah that's dra- true they drag just, their gravity fed to the Probably to the bottom. I mean, I can't even think of like how. Well, I mean, this is gravity fed to the bottom, but then the pump for fuel injection to pressurize the whole system is inside the tank. Yeah. Cars must be slightly external External, or something. Um, what? Oh, I learned later that Drag Specialties makes a piece of fuel line for that. They do something because they're a bag, uh, a motorcycle company. But a lot of the Harleys are external. So there's a lot of, I don't know. But I found a fuel line that fixed a lot of problems. It would like start up and die. And I was like, that's weird. Right. And I, I, could, remember you, I, I remember you talking about that yeah, for like yeah. a Yeah, yeah. I pulled the air cleaner off and I pulled, I have an extra injector and I plugged all that in and I could see it squirt, but it wasn't squirting enough. But you want to talk about mind fuck? Like, it's like, and I've seen this happen. Like a spark plug will spark out of a cylinder. And when you put it in with compression, it won't spark or it won't spark Weird. enough or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's all it was doing. The angle so is I, the angle. I mean, talk about fucking with my head. Like, oh, it's squirting fuel. It wasn't squirting enough. Didn't have yeah. enough pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> but, yeah. So or got, like when it was plugged up or something, there's a vacuum issue where it's like mm-hmm. something. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. Like now there's, now there's like no air. It's not in a free environment. There's something yeah. there that's making it something happen. Yeah. Um, so I got all that figured out, got the bike safety wired enough, got the belly pan on and drove up to Sonoma and raced. And I did. Uh, so Friday I had to get my race license. Saturday was the race. This is the juicy part I wanted to hear about. So you did oh. have to go get a race license. I did. I did. I still yeah. haven't got a copy of it. But okay. I, I mean, and I had, so like part of the, after half the day Friday, um, I clutch quit. And what happened is and, it AMA uh, sanctioned too? So you had to get an AMA membership or was it just you it had to get? It wasn't. Okay. But I have an AMA membership from Speedway and Flat Track. Right. I just didn't know if you, if you had to get a, a AMA membership in order to get your license or something weird. No, I just, so we would go out with a control rider. We were supposed to take a test and do a mock race. And uh, about halfway through the day, my clutch quit working. So I laid the bike over like a fucking dead dog 
and I pulled the side cover off so I didn't have to drain the oil. That's why you lay it over, then all the oil runs to one side. Pulled the side cover off, and on Sportsters and extra 1200s and Buells, there's a tab inside the primary cover and a lot of Harleys, but it there's a clutch actuator, and it sits on that tab, so when you squeeze the clutch cable, it pulls the clutch apart, and all the force is on that tab. Something happened on mine somewhere down the road, and it was like it was rubbing in the clutch, and it had like partially broken off. So I thought it was fucked. I couldn't work my clutch anymore. And I was like, whatever, dude, I'll sit on the line next to the bike at the back of the pack. And when the green drops, push it. I'll push it, yeah. click it in first and <laughs> run without a clutch. Yeah. Luckily, um, so Bronny at Speed Merchant used to work for a guy named Todd Silicato. Todd was actually there from Hawaii. He was visiting his dad in Northern California and Alloy Art was like, dude, come to the race. And then this guy that used to work for him and work with, with Bronny at Speed Merchant, his name's Dennis. He's super, super talented aluminum welder. He lives in San Jose. So Bronny's like, hey, dude, my buddy Dennis is here. And I'm like, oh, I know Dennis. And he goes, fucking see how far San Jose is and he can weld it up. San Jose is like two hours from Sonoma. Yeah, I know. That's pretty far. Dennis goes, oh, dude, I drove my van with a welder oh, and a sick. generator. Oh, he had shit. to have a 220 generator for his TIG welders, but he brought a fucking TIG welder. I wasn't the only guy who ended up welding up for that day. But so we found some pieces in the cases. We laid them where they went. He welded those up, and then he welded up a little more. There was an air compressor next to our station because uh, Bridgestone was working with Saddleman. So I stole the air compressor and then someone had a little 90 degree die grinder with little fucking disc. And I went in, I did the one side all flat, got my little actuator where I was happy with it. And then uh, Brownie's like, put it together with no gasket. And he's like, just kick it over. So I was able to... Um, just what I do. I think I put a wrench on the clutch and I could move it. Yeah. And I could move it back and forth and see if it hit. So I'd see the mark and I'd take the die grinder and fucking whittle it away and then do it again. So after like five or 10 times, like, you know, with a couple of bolts in it and seeing, I finally got to where it would clear and fix my clutch problem. But I went to the guy doing the race class and he was like, Oh, you're going to miss the mock race. And he goes, I've seen you ride. I'll still give you your license. He's like, what do you, and I'm like, dude, I can't go do the fucking race. I don't have a clutch. So he's like, all right. He's like, you know, I went out, I, I had talked to him and I had had him follow me a little bit. So he was like, you know, you'll be fine. I'll give you your license. And he, but he fucked with me in the early in the day. He goes, just don't crash or I can't give you a race license. And I was like, a way to get in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm going to do now Dude. when I go out there. So I just rode like a bitch. So, um, no offense to the bitches out there. If but, you're a bitch, uh, email creative writing podcast yeah. at gmail.com. I want to, yeah. So I, I just fucking rode like shit all day and I was doing about a 220 lap, maybe 219. And I was looking at everyone else's and uh, excluding the retired pro XR 1200 racer in first, um, it was like 206s, 207, something like that. And I, I remember going back to the house that night. So what were his with his sub two then? Oh yeah, he was running like 157. Oh dang! Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. No, he <laughs> wow. he fucking he's a lap ahead of everyone. Yeah. So I don't, and that's another issue. I don't know what BRL is going to do for next year with that. There was one guy that literally won the lightweight twins, the pro stock bagger, and the big twins class all by fucking stupid amounts of time, and then he hopped in the bagger GQ, GP class and got like fifth. It's also funny. It's a guy that I've raced hooligan with because he was like, "Oh wait, I can get all my old sponsors to give me a bike and take me racing again." But that's another story for another rant for yeah. another day. Does his name rhyme with Harley Davidson? 
sort of. I guess yeah. loosely, there, maybe. There, there, yeah, there's no way to. It's very specific <laughs> if we were to say his name. So, anyways, so you went up there, you got and your race license there. Yeah, so I didn't crash. I got my race license. He didn't crash. Yeah, you so got it third. So Brawny, that night, I remember telling Brawny, I was like, dude, I got to drop 10 seconds, 10 fucking seconds to even be competitive. And he didn't let you eat. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, so it was cool though. On Friday, I, I went over, so Bridgestone was next to us. They were working with the team next to us. And I went over to the guy at Bridgestone and I was like, hey, are you guys selling tires? And he's like, no, you know, we didn't bring any to sell. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, look, I knew, you mean? I knew I give you some money. You give me a tire. That's usually what selling <laughs> means. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I knew uh, CT Racing's one of the distributors or whatever. I go, I knew they were going to be here with tires. And so I just, and I was like, so I didn't buy new tires, but I'm going to need some for tomorrow. I was like, I can get by on these. They're not bad. And he's like, what do you have? And I told him Bridgestone something 11s. And uh, so I'm talking to him and he's like asking questions. And I'm like, look, like. I go, I run Bridgestones on everything. I go, I bought them 12 years ago for an RC51 and I've liked them. I said, I bought the B016s. I had another set later. And I was like, now my, my, my street bike RC has the new S twenties or whatever. I go, those are the new version of the B016s basically. And I go, these have the more, a little bit better trackier version. I go, my, my other RC51 has these same, whatever 11s. I go, dude, even my CBX, I just put the BT45s on it. And I go, I know you guys have the BT46s, but that's what my mechanic got was the 45s. And I was like, I just liked them. And she goes, what tires do you want? And I was like, I want these Bridgestones. They're meant for this bike. Like, And uh, he was like, man, you actually like know our models. And I was like, well, I've, I do my research and I've had to look at what I want. And I was like, you know, so I kind of, I'm like, you know, your R's and your RS's and your S's all throw me off. And I'm like, it's not like you went B016, B017, B018. Like you fucking changed it to an S and it's a 22 <laughs> right. and then a 20. And, but, um, so he the comes formula. over like 10 minutes later and he's like, Hey, I have some R11s. He's like, so yours are the highest end street tire that don't need warmers. He's like, the R11s are the DOT race tire and you need warmers. But I have a set. They should fit. They're a 190 if that's cool because I had a 180 on it. And he goes, why do you have a 180? And I go, because it's like 40 bucks cheaper. <laughs> so he's like, okay. And um, so he goes, you know, I'll bring those out. He goes, but you need warmers. He goes, but I have some warmers you can borrow tomorrow. You just need power. Nice. And was, uh, luckily, Speed Merchant had bought a garage space that we all squeezed into. So uh, I had power. So yeah. Bridgestone, strippers. shout out to Bridgestone. They were super rad. And he, he told me later, he's like, look, people come over all the time and say, I run Bridgestones. I have the Sport Max, whatever. And nobody Sport knows Max the, is a uh, Dunlop right, tire, yeah. right? And he's like, you knew our models for the last 10 years. And I was like, I, I really do run them on everything. And um, he was like, yeah. He's like, I could tell. And you were being honest about it. And he's like, I wanted to support that. So that's awesome. So he hooked me up with a set of tires, hooked me up with some warmers to borrow. So I we went back to the house. So Bronny figured out a while ago when we were racing, it's cheaper to do an Airbnb house than it is to get people hotel rooms. Yeah. So we're all sitting around at the house and... I'm kind of bummed, you know, I was like, fuck, I really thought I could keep up with these faster guys, you know, but I, I got to drop 15 seconds. He snuck you to the track that night. <laughs> so, uh, 
I said, I got to drop 10 seconds. So in the morning, so Friday I had that, like, don't crash. Can't give you your license bullshit hanging over my head. So Saturday morning, I had none of that. I mean, if I would have crashed, I don't know if I could have made the race, but you know, I knew I needed to drop time. So Saturday morning, it was freezing cold outside. It had to be 50 degrees. If that the track was cold as hell. My tires were warm because they were in warmers. I literally kept flipping my visor up because I couldn't see out of my helmet. Oh, shit, yeah. The rest of the day, I have a little head sock from Icon, but it's a pain in the ass to get to stay over your nose. I I wore that to help, help, but it also had warmed up. But um, yeah, I kept flipping my visor up. I couldn't see, but I remember going out and doing a lap and then going, all right, fucker, your tires are warm. Stop being a bitch. Like, fucking put your knee down. Like, just fucking ride like you know how to ride. And it was still scary. There's a lot of elevation change at Sonoma. Yeah. Um, there's a big turn called the Carousel. And if anyone's played Forza or watched Sonoma, it's this big downhill left-hand sweeper. But going into the Carousel, there's this uphill. And in my mind, I could have held the throttle on all the way up over the hill and then hit the brakes a little and hit the Carousel. But everyone in my class except the guy that won it would chop the throttle yeah because you lose the side of the track with your vision yeah and you're doing i was in fourth pretty good there so i don't know 110 and maybe more it's just scary you can't fucking see but you know there's a corner yeah i'm pretty sure road america has a corner like that that they call magic mountain is even worse because you know there's a turn there but if you don't start turning it there's a you know so you, you you can see people disappearing and turning and you and you just have to turn and trust that yeah, you're gonna stay on the track after the big uh, not the front stretch but you do the two rights and then kind of the downhill left which I guess would be turn three ish and then it's that little uphill under I think there's a big Dunlop sign May, or yeah, yeah yeah something like that. And yeah. yeah, you can't see. You'd have to trust that, that you're gonna hit yeah. make the turn and aim for the spot where you know there's the and track. and part of the reason I don't ride dirt bikes is I don't like doing jumps that I can't see, see the landing yeah, the other either. side of I when I that. oh just go over this and like wait but there's oh what? yeah there's a landing there but I'm like when I can't see it it fucks with my head how fast do I go and that wasn't the, I mean even turn uh, turn one at the end of the straightaway like I was in fourth there too I only hit fifth on the little back stretch and uh, so you'd like come in. And you'd kind of blip the throttle in the straightaway and lean in. If I had the balls, I probably could have held it open because the Buell doesn't make that much power. Then you go up the hill, same thing. Chop the throttle real early because I was scared. <laughs> but anyway, so I go out in the morning session and I was like, all right, fucker, you got 10 seconds to drop. Like, you got to get your shit together. So I went out and I remember feeling good. And I came in and I told Brownie, I go, you know that 10 seconds? He's like, yeah. And I go, I think I got it. Pulled out my phone. I dropped six. I was like, shit. So next up was qualifying and uh, went out and qualifying. I kind of left towards the front because I knew I was faster than most of the guys. And I got behind this guy, Greg, who I'd ridden with at Chuck Walla and I knew he was quick and he had podiumed at the Utah race. Mm. And he had gotten faster. He had gotten 17 since then. He'd been doing a lot more track days since then. I had done none since then. But I got behind him. And uh, I wanted to see how fast he was going. And I did the same thing I did in practice. I go, fuck it, dude. You got more time to drop. Stop being a bitch. Hang with this guy. So I hung with him. His bike was faster on the straightaways. He's got a well-built Sportster. 
Um, he's got a lot of money into the motor and I have a bone stock fuel. So he could pull me on the straightaways. He's one of the few bikes that could pull me on the straightaways. And I thought, okay, I can outbreak him. And then we went down the little back stretch into this tight double apex at Sonoma. And I watched him back his Sportster into the corner. And I go, all right, well, you're not going to outbreak him. <laughs> I mean, I could, but it would have been sketchy. Yeah. So we came in from qualifying. The leader did a 158 or something. He did a 204 and I did a 205. And then fourth place did like a 210. So I dropped another, I think, nine seconds over practice. Wow. So I thought I got it in practice, but I only got six. And then I got another eight or nine. So Greg came down and we talked a little bit. And I'm like, hey, dude, look. I'm faster than you in spots and you're faster than me in spots. My bike, which admittedly is a cheater bike for that class, it's the best fucking bike out there. It's hands down better than an XR1200, no doubt in my mind. And so I said, look, dude, I know the bike will outbreak your bike. I said, but I don't ride the track as much as you do. I don't think I can outbreak you. I know I can't get you on the straightaways. Like, I think I can hang with you. And uh, I'm like, if you make a mistake, I'll capitalize. I go, I go, but don't. I go, going into a tight corner, I'm not going to blow up your fucking inside and, and run us both wide to try to fucking take one spot. I go, I'd rather us both just be on the podium. And his, his thing was kind of the same, which he had the advantage of, A, he was the one in second, I was the one in third. So easy for him to say. If yeah. I would have passed him, maybe it would have changed. Yeah. So I went out for the main, uh, fully being okay with third. I was like, I'm stoked. If I fucking walk out of this place third, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So I was able to put pressure on him and have him make some mistakes. I could hang with him, um, but about the third or fourth lap, I started getting a little bit of brake fade, which after the race I noticed I had a little weaky, leapy, wow, a little leaky, a little weepy, <laughs> leaky fork seal. I totally blew it out. I, I, my fucking trailer was all oily oh, driving shit. home and shit. Oh, yeah, shit. I, I totally blew fork seals out. Um, and then, so I was getting brake fade, front brake fade. I don't know if I'm going to put a different master on. It's going to help. Um, I also, it may have been, there was oil on the rotor. So I was having to, you know, the caliper is doing a lot more work, but, and I don't know whether my master is the right size for my caliper because my bike was basically a box of parts when I got it. Right. And then I started getting clutch slip too. Oh shoot! So I mean, that, I, and that's all just stuff that's going to naturally happen. Heating and yeah. heat cycling your stuff Let's, through a race. Nothing for the street is meant to be on the track. Nope. Buell can say Eric can say all he wanted that bike was designed for the track. It was, it's but designed. the parts weren't. Yeah. I mean, you buy a brand new CBR one thousand, you take it to the track like it is. You're gonna have weak spots. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm like an amazing, crazy rider, but I was riding a fucking Harley at the track. So those weak things came through. And yeah. a lot of it, when I used to do super, I raced supermoto for a, honestly, probably about a summer and that was it. But I rode supermoto a little bit and raced it a little bit. And I remember I got to the point where I was getting wheel hop. And what wheel hop is when you downshift for the corner and the rear tires trying to slide, it won't really slide, it hops. So when people slide it, they most of them have what's called a slipper clutch. So the rear wheel can still turn a little bit, not at the same as the motor. So I remember going, I worked for Olin Sands at the time, and I remember going in, there was a guy that raced supermoto and was pretty fast. And I was like, fuck, dude, I think I gotta buy a slipper clutch. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, I'm getting wheel hop real bad. Like I'm I'm getting fast enough for the supermoto track that I'm getting wheel hop. 
and he goes, you don't need a slipper clutch. He goes, you downshift with the clutch. And I always learned on a dirt bike and in my little race car that had a dirt bike motor and stuff like you don't need the clutch to shift on the street. It's a good habit, but you don't need it. Um, the, the gearboxes work fine. So what I learned how to do was upshift without the clutch. So blip the throttle and upshift and I downshift with the clutch and I don't just let the lever back out. I go about halfway and I let it kind of slip. It's never been a problem on a supermoto. I tried to do it on my RC 51 and I was doing it pretty good on the Buell, but, uh, I also don't know how many miles are on that clutch. I don't know how many miles are on the bike. I don't know any of that shit. <laughs> it's a so it, about halfway through and riding it, it never bothered me the beginning of the weekend, but that point it started to slip. So I quit using the clutch to shift at all. Cause I know that once it was engaged, well, it was fine. Yeah. So, and I, I look back and I had, I don't, I'd have to look at the race results, but I didn't have anyone on my ass. So I just backed off. So I yeah, let, you guys were pretty, the first front guy was pretty far ahead. Yeah, you yeah. guys were together. And then the next group, it, it seemed to like click yeah. up to so like, I yeah. had plenty of room. So I just backed off and cruised in the last couple laps to a third. Mm-hmm. I even like down to the checkered. I did a, like a nice wheelie down the front stretch and shit. Just I didn't to, like, catch it. I don't think <laughs> I don't, it didn't get on camera. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was super fun. It makes me want to do it a lot more, but the Buell now needs the forks rebuilt, the rear shocks weaving. <laughs> I think I got a set of forks for it. Um, the guy, Ernie, that gave me a, a belly pan, he's got a, he, I mean, he told me too, and then he gave me a better price, but um, he told me five grand and he's got an XG, XB9 that's been bored out to oh, a thousand or something, but it's like race ready yeah. it's got chain so belts or uh, buells were belt drive it's got a chain drive swing arm so my buell i cannot adjust the rear wheel it's belt it's set tension's good he's got a chain drive so you can change gearing you can adjust the rear wheel he's got wheels that are a little bit different to match um he's got all the vents for the front brakes he's got brimbo masters he's got olens in the front forks he's got an olens rear shock he's got carbon fiber bodywork and my Buell has moto bars. His has the clip-ons. They did the lightning and the, and yeah. the firebolt. Yeah. Um, I think mine's the lightning with the bars. The firebolt had the clip-ons. His is a pure, not pure, but it's a Buell full-on, came right off the track race bike. And five grand is really fucking nice for all that. But I have enough headache bikes. <laughs> yeah, you do have a lot of bikes. And well, and they're all they're all bastard childs. I don't have anything that's like, I can just walk in and buy parts for. Yeah. Maybe my RC 51 still, but the, our local Honda dealer closed down. Yeah. And even uh, temple city. And even that's getting even like, I noticed that things for Mm -hmm. any more things for like 15 years are getting rough to find parts. Honda's was good about it with older bike. It's probably easier to find CBX parts from a Honda dealer than it is to find RC 51 parts from a Honda dealer. Yeah, it also makes a lot of difference of how how common and how many years it ran for. And There's definitely that. Um, yeah. But when the CBX was out, Mr. Honda was alive. And Mr. Honda had a thing. He always wanted to make parts for every motorcycle he ever made. Mm-hmm. So if you have an old CB7, and the CB750 is a weird one because, like you said, there were a shit ton of them. They made them for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But they made it. There's tons of extra parts. Yeah. So Civics, even my Civics CBX, were the same way. Uh-huh. Uh, Civics were the same way. Yeah. Like Honda Corporation, period, his whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And when he died, they quit doing that. And he died when? Late 90s? Yeah, something like that. So the CBX was still that era. Even though it's a rare bike, he always wanted to have parts available. Uh, When he died, they were like, fuck 
this guy. Yeah, listen, man, that ain't viable. Yeah. <laughs> We're making parts for the two Trail 70s that are still out there in stock condition. Yeah, so the Buell needs, it needs some work. It's got good tires now, but I need to, um, my suspension people on track that Brady uses, I like them, but I was going to have them redo the forks, have them, I don't know if I can rebuild the stock rear shock. And the stock rear shock has dampening and rebound adjustment, but I could look at my tire, my rear spring is too stiff, which is funny because I weigh 220 pounds. <laughs> so I would think the rear shock would be good, but it's too stiff. You can wow. tell in the tire wear, the rear tire is working too hard. So I can put a lighter shock on it and get it rebuilt. Um, I think I can get the stock one rebuilt because a lot of stock shocks, you can't. They're yeah. fucking put together. Kind of like, yeah. So it's weeping, so I need a rear shock. Um, the forks aren't a big deal. You know, it's just four or 500 bucks for the forks if I had to put innards in them. And uh, 500 to 1500 for a rear shock. And a clutch with, luckily, Barnett's has always been good to me. I can get a clutch from Barnett's. And you heard him talk about trusty Rusty. So if you've got ten or 12000 bucks <laughs> laying around, you want to do one or two Harley-Davidson-based hey, race listen, bikes. And, I mean, if you're just going to send me money, I want Miss Emma to fix up my 400 also. So, uh, but listen. you got about 20000 bucks. you want Yeah, to send if me. you send me twenty grand, um, you can. you've got enough. You can also fly out. Uh, I'll take the 400 to Miss Emma. I'll get it back, and you and I can go on like a weekend. We'll take the CBX and the CB400 for a little weekend trip. He knows a lot of fun places to ride. <laughs> Guaranteed good time. But yeah, I mean, the, the Buell's definitely a cheater bike for that class, but it fits the class because it's got a Sportster motor. And for me, I had it. It wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't a lot of money to get ready for it, and it's a fucking good time. Oh, so, yeah. and like I said, I really want to ride Trusty Rusty, but it would have cost more to get ready. Yeah. So it just made sense to ride this. Um, and it's a fun fucking bike to ride. It really is. It, it, it's a good time. It's not super fast, but it's fun. So, and not only that, but uh, you, get, you went there, you got your license, you raced, you brought home some jewelry, yeah. and dang, crash. It didn't crash. <laughs> and the guy told you not to. You didn't. And, uh, yeah, got some airs time thanks to Bagger Racing League. And uh, not Mission Tortillas, but I don't know who – I think – I forget. They all actually them. did support that race too, not just King. I thought so. Yeah, because they were there. I there was a bunch it, I of – I, I, I went home with a bag of tortilla chips. I know that. Dang, bro. But – I want to race. You know, road racing, it's, it's crazy. It's fun. I'd never done a real road race before. That was my first one. Which is interesting because my dad actually used to road race. So the only race race I haven't done, I mean, trials, is that even a race? But I have never drag race that he did. Trials uh, trials technically timed. So yeah, technically yeah. it is. We and should, I've done drag race like, track days. Yeah, yeah And I yeah. had done road race track days. Yeah. But it was my first official road race. I was super nervous. Like when I get in a pack in road racing, it scares me. Yeah. But I was able to, uh, one, we're spread out enough because we're all amateurs and because I started up front, I kind of stayed where I got off the line. I don't think I made a pass or took a pass. Yeah, you were third and you yeah, ended third. Third in our class, but the three of the FS Cup people were in front of us. Okay. So I was like about six. I I had the fifth gate. Oh, so the only guy that passed me was uh, Corey West in on the FS, a FDR 1200. Yeah, the FS Cup. And he passed me so fucking fast he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And he passed me, like, literally turn two, and he started at the back of the pack. But um, 
It was fun. That's, that's FR twelve hundred for FTR twelve hundred for you. No, it's Corey West for you. Yeah, he could have been on a. He is very. He could good. have been on Spamble and probably passed. Yeah, me by he, turn yeah, hell yeah. Oh, he couldn't handle Spamble. <laughs> shit. Yeah, Corey West, one of the names uh, in Moto America. Speaking of uh, him, Sean D- Dylan Kelly, Corey West. Uh, Cam Peterson and uh, he's another guy that I really like and um, we mentioned him at the beginning of the show Danilo Petrucci is coming to Moto America this year so really? we're gonna have MotoGP guy? yeah Loris Boz and not Danilo World Petrucci. Superbike he's coming to Moto America yeah weird okay Loris Boz is here so why not and Dude, I flex, forget okay <laughs> did um was Tony Elias MotoGP or was he World Superbike? I forget what he did. I think he was World Superbike, but he did, I think, he did some MotoGP races. Well, yeah, like how like, they have, uh, like some people have come over from Yeah, Detroit. who's um, Jake, Jake Zimke going to do some MotoGP races too, right? Like they'll do fill-in spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do fill-ins. Stuff like that, yeah. yeah. I think he was World Superbike. But yeah, we're going to have Danilo Petrucci, Loris Baz. Um, there's some world-class... Uh, Athletes coming over here to... It's interesting when you watch the guys at that level, um, how they go up the tiers, and then they get old, and they slowly go down the tiers. Yeah. I, I mean, Nicky did the down. same thing. He went to World... He fought it for a couple of years, but then he went to World Superbike, too. Yeah. You know, it's... If they want to keep racing, but they can't ride at that level, it makes sense. Yeah. And also, you die. you don't want to quit racing, and uh, it's a great play. It, your skill is going to make the uh, American riders better. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's I, I see again pros and cons with it. But a guy like Nikki, like he wasn't ready to give up, but he couldn't really hang with the GP guys, and he could have retired. I'd say he had enough money to retire, but he didn't want to. Yeah. So he went yeah, MotoGP. Got the competitive spirit. So hey, if you that have an too. electric uh, e-bicycle and you hate people, or, or if you're going to come and race MotoGP, pedal bikes, or if you're a bitch or you hate uh, pedal bikes, uh, give us an email: creativewritingpodcast at gmail uh, This has only been four hours. Wiggins is so nicely dressed tonight too. You guys ha- can't. I wish it's you could cold. see I had it. To put a flannel on. I know. And now it's eleven o'clock, and you got to ride your bike home. Are you going to want me to? Are you going to want it me is to eleven? Tell o'clock. you be. Tell no, you good. behind my car. My okay. fucking headlight quit working. Well, we good. better. Yeah, we better get you out of here before it, the sunlight is how you get home so (laughs) all right everybody that's creative writing in a nutshell uh stick around for more episodes we're gonna try and get back on a uh pretty good schedule here so um yeah peace grease tell your niece to go race the geese at moto gps i don't know that's stupid what do you got to say wiggins help me out here (laughs) (laughs) you're just gonna shut it off before i finish all right bye (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody that is the show i um (laughs) I forget. I totally forgot that I used to uh, ask Wiggins something super profound and then just shut it off uh, right in the middle of his sentence and it took him a little bit to catch on. But that was good times. Good having Wiggs back. Sorry this episode was so long. Uh, we are going to try and keep him to an hour, so we probably won't have Wiggins on but once a month. I mean, we're going to have him on every episode to our uh, patron supporter that uh, uh, used to be a $5 supporter. Who might have the last name of Wiggins? <laughs> uh, you can come back on the show if you want. Um, but yeah, so he uh, he's going to be back. And uh, check out Field Initiative Knives if you get a chance on Instagram. Great knives. I just uh, threw my knife on the wedding stone the other day, and I cut through a metal bar. It is very interesting. Uh, if you want to check us out, patreon.com forward slash creative writing. And check us out on all the socials at Creative Writing Podcast. Uh, except for Twitter, where we are 
creative underscore writing and except for reddit which we are also creative underscore writing do not go to reddit and go to creative writing you will uh, unless it's saturday night and you're looking for a good time <laughs> so uh and also i did want to say we have a uh patron only discord that we're going to try and get back into using I, i've seen how other channels use theirs now and i've been inspired so we're going to try and use that and i made a new uh little i don't even know what they're called a new channel in there for uh showing off your bike showing your crap and trash it or fix it uh so go in there leave your comments um, we'll do our best to check in on there a couple times a week. So, oh my god, there's a ghost of music talking later. Bye, everyone. See you. Bye. Oh my god.